Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the new so, uh, you know, that's what you, uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. There's just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. What the f*** are you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sun down, shining in hell. Hello, well, thanks, Jackson Jackson. I'm talking about Greg Pappas on the board on this bitterly cold morning. Uh, we made it in. Uh, that poor girl was broken down in the corner, but she said she had people coming, so... Uh, Hopefully she uh, does all right. This is not the weather to be broken down in. Uh, do we have Mr. Flanning? SB Futures down 20. NASDAQ Futures down 85. So it looks like we're starting a week a little to the uh, downside here. We have uh, Treasuries over 4% again. So that's a little bit of a negative for the market, one would think. Um, so I'm reading here this article. <coughs> now I'm, w- I'm beginning to worry about our buddy Mr. Flanagan. It says here, uh, Alliance Risk Parameter published this month noted the political risk... Uh, we have an extreme increasing detachment of the political elite from the working class and the people that actually go to work every day is the number one risk in our society so the risk between a political elite like Mr. Flanagan and guys like us, Greg, what do you think? (laughs) So, Jan, uh, defend yourself as a political elite. Well, I I never thought of myself as an elite capital elite E or small E in any fashion. <laughs> well, well, there you go. <laughs> the uh, I uh, I really don't I don't get uh, how some of the of the working class people somehow get deluded by some of these uh, politicians by thinking they're somehow somewhat like you. I mean, it's really you know I've, I've seen uh, some people that sort of were like you, and a lot of people didn't like them, <laughs> which was even more bizarre, but. Uh, I just after, after the way from a lifetime of, of work the way you know and this is not having to do with you know if, if the man is if you hate your enemy I guess you like him or something for anybody who's a middle class person or a working class person to think that Trump is on your side when all the guy's done his entire life is screw people that work for him and not pay him I don't John do people just not want to hear that or what I don't I don't buy that, Tom, at all. Um, well, first of all, I don't think he screwed everybody. Uh, I, I, well, I hope, hopefully, you or your that. brother never like put a pool in for him or did any painting for him or anything. He never paid anybody. He doesn't pay his attorneys now. Well, he's paying somebody. Some of his attorneys, clearly. I, well, I think they 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 think somehow it's worth it for them and their practice to be named. You know, it's it's the. the I guess it's the uh, you know where the limelight, but how many of them quit? I mean, it's pretty scary. Well, I don't, I don't square that impression of Trump with, um, you know, especially in the last ten years or so, um, the way he's been able to you know amass enormous crowds um, at political rallies and turn everybody in the political camp against him. 
because there are people in Congress who are far bigger crooks than Trump, I'll tell you. And there have been presidents who have been... Okay, but I mean, we, I think we need to... Well, what I like to do is to, is to zero in on one crook at a time. <laughs> I, I, just, I just, I don't... Uh, I just well, don't, one, I don't one, get one to... One thing I will, I, I will grant you, Tom, that um, the, the response to Trump is the last gasp of people who have been totally screwed politically. I would, I would absolutely people. agree with that. I would absolutely agree with that, by the way. People who, you know, whatever people may say about Trump individually or as somebody on the other side of the negotiator table, I think that that is completely, you know, off the table when it comes to the average voter who has no place to express that kind of anger except at the ballot box. And thank God some people still show up at the ballot box. Um, but the, the, the vote is the last gasp they have to express how completely disillusioned and screwed over they've been. So you, you better hope that a lot of people still tolerate Trump because without Trump, I don't think there's much hope for the, the political system in this country. Oh, you see, that's, that's the part I don't... That's the part I absolutely cannot... Well, I gotta, we're going to have a bunch of stuff to talk about, but that's that's the reach I can't make. I can... So somebody could be um, trod upon, and I think Trump is being trod upon by, the, uh, by, by a lot of the... what's going on in all the courts... Um, I, the idea that any citizen, which he still is, is somehow 45 mil into legal fees, no government should be able to do that to anybody. I mean, I'm, I'm all for, how can I put it this, this way, I'm all for the Trump phenomenon. That doesn't mean I want to see that man anywhere near the White House. It, that's the separation I make. I, I would look to see what's happening to him and maybe people like him and find it's a real big problem. But he's he is not the solution. That that's the decision I make. There, there needs to be somebody else that is just as pissed off at the bureaucracy that somehow has a head on his shoulders and doesn't screw everybody and isn't an amazing well, narcissist. Well, Tom, ex- explain to me how Trump is a bigger danger to have in the White House than Barack Obama. Uh, when was the last time Barack Obama? I mean, he did. What is? I mean, I'm did, just it, saying it as a danger. Somebody you don't want anywhere near the White House. Where, how, how can you square that? You know, we we've had far worse people than Trump sitting in the White House. Believe me. Um, when it comes to people with, you know, murkier backgrounds. Um, I'm talking, about, I'm talking about an amazing total lack of knowledge of what he's doing in there. The man never reads a book. Oh I, no, I, I completely disagree, Tom. You think he's you think he's he's a Bill Stevenson and we we just don't know about it. We we think he's a you know he's a, he's a John Kennedy in terms of his knowledge of the world or his his his, his knowledge of the law or knowledge of anything. Oh, I I don't know about his knowledge of you know the stuff that JFK you know gave the appearance of being an expert at. But when it comes to reading people and sensing BS, I think Trump is way ahead. Um, okay. Almost any recent American politician. I, I would put him, I would put him as somebody that I would consider to be qualified for that job, not in the top two hundred thousand in this country. I disagree. Okay, I, I mean, I, I would have said that maybe maybe ten years ago because I never followed Trump very closely. Tom, if you do, all you, do, all you, do, all you, do, you see is a bunch of amazingly horrible business deals in his wake. People that didn't get paid, people who got screwed, corporations. Tom, he's He's transformed the idea of commercial real estate. The only, the only thing he's got going for him... He's rewritten, the, 
He's rewritten the Chicago skyline. He's rewritten the New York. He skyline. didn't pay anybody there. He didn't pay the painters. I know well, those how, guys. How did these? How did? Come on, Tom. I mean, that's. Why do I tell you that he didn't pay him? And you don't believe me. Do you know? Do you know he paid him? Well, I I don't believe maybe I know anybody who's built a skyscraper has stiffed somebody somewhere along okay. the line. It doesn't happen without somebody getting. Is, what, what, what is? I mean, where, where, did he, where did he learn from? His old man did nothing but screw up old people in buildings to get him out of rent control in New York. That's that, that's his father, Tom. Come oh on. God! And it, whatever. But so anyway, um, on the inflation front, uh, this weekend talking about shifting gears. My, uh, of course, I go out on Saturday morning and the uh, Sunday morning, and the truck doesn't start. Right. So I figure, okay. Um, I'll wait till Monday when my guys are open and we were off yesterday. Uh, I go to this place in Orland when I'm out there. Uh, checkpoint. It's, it's, uh, it's owned by these. I don't, I don't, John, I can't tell the nationality of these guys. I know they're Middle Eastern somewhere because they speak some language. It sounds like they're Arabic. But I, they're all about 6'6". Six, six. Who, who's really tall, tall people? Is that, is, that, is that Saudis that are all that high? Who's tall? Who? I mean, they're all yeah, some, some of the Semitic, uh, the Arabians and the... They're, they tend to be tall. Anyway, they're the, they're the nicest dudes, and they're really good. I mean, even the people from the other places say, if you got an electrical problem, you got to go to these guys. They go to places checkpoint. But they, they for some reason, they love me. And, and the places just, all these Arab guys come by all day long, and all they, these guys take care of it. All these guys are doing is complaining, and these women are bitching at stuff. But, I mean, they, they do an amazing job, and they're, they're real nice. So I bring it over there, and he goes, uh, well, you need a new battery. I said, man, you know what? And I'm, I'm losing track of time. I get that part. Uh, doesn't seem like it's been that long. He goes, it's been four years to the day. I go, I, almost to the day. And I go, really? He goes, that's exactly how, they, how long they last now. And uh, I said, well, they used to last like five or six. Oh, yeah, they used to. They don't anymore. He said, they're, they're lighter. Uh, they don't last as long. So I go, all right. Well, first of all, I called AAA. You know, I was going to jump it myself. And I figured, you know what? I've got AAA. I'll call these guys. The guy's there in a half hour. The nicest dude jumps it in a second. And uh, so I, I uh, you know, those guys don't want to take a tip, but there's nobody around. So I, I give him 10 bucks, and the guy's like, I can't. I said, Look, go grab yourself some breakfast. So he goes, all right. But then I'm, then I'm thinking there, God, what an idiot I am. You can't get breakfast for 10 bucks. <laughs> I either shouldn't have said that or I should have given him about 20. I mean, where can you get breakfast for 10 bucks anymore? I mean, every omelet's 12, wherever you go, right? It's even on the south side. So then, I haven't seen I haven't seen an omelet under seventeen in a while. Well, see, you live in one of those kind of hoods, you know. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, but so then, I said I said to the dude, you know, I go, uh, boy, two twenty is a little little heavy for a battery. He goes, oh yeah. He goes, what, four years ago when I when I uh, sold you that battery, it was like eighty five bucks. He goes, I paid sixty nine for it. He goes, I paid one eighty for this one. I go, really? <laughs> he goes, yeah. Four years are up from seventy to one eighty. So what's that? Two and a half times. And what would our CPI say? We're up like you know twenty or something, twenty <clears> percent. <throat> and they're like twenty. I mean, it's 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 unconscionable the numbers we're getting. And you know, I just uh, you know, I mean, I I don't I mean we we talk about it all the time. But the thing of it is, Jan, you, you can talk about somebody's broken leg all the time, but as, as long as the bone's sticking out, that's really the subject the guy wants you to concentrate on, isn't it? Well, did you see the thing on the news last night about the cars at the, the Teslas at the charging station out in Oak Brook, where the, the, the whole station was in complete disarray? Nobody's car 
was taking a charge. Why? Because of the cold? Well, apparently because of the cold. I don't know if it was a failure in the feed from the charging station, but the place was, people were lined up with their Teslas to get in there, and they all had, ended up having their cars pushed or towed out of there. Well, I, I, mean, I uh, we well, haven't so, had a spell of cold weather like this now in what, three or four years. Well, when did we have the? When did we have the? What would they call it? The something something. We got to twenty two below to one night. What they call that? Something getting or uh, something. Well, the Alberta Clipper or whatever. I don't know. It was some <laughs> some wacko thing they brought up, but uh, some romantic sounding name. Yeah, because <laughs> I remember it's, that. It's been but, a while. Since, yeah. You know, well, ten below. Sustained stretch like this. Yeah, so. we were. Uh, we were supposed to be what one or two below, and we got to ten. Out in the burbs, it was it was eleven or twelve. But yeah, uh, you know, it's dropping here since I got up. I yeah, I think we're we're out of the woods though. We'll be we're going to be all right today. Today we'll be above zero, and tonight we're only going to zero. So tomorrow we'll be sixteen. That's I've I've read uh, charts before, especially on car batteries, because I used to when I was a janitor, I always had to get up and be there at five o'clock to open the place. Um, with a car with carburetors, those things were tricky. Anyway, so. Especially old ones like I always had. But the, uh, the I think there's a thing you know, Greg, you probably find on the internet. But when you get down, when you go from like 70 degrees to 40, your battery goes from like 100 percent to I'm going to say 92 or something. What, when you get to zero, it's like 50. You get to minus 20, it's like 25. I mean, it starts to drop almost precipitously by degree once you get below zero. I mean, my, minus 15 is way more life-threatening to you and your battery than the difference between 15 and 0 is what I'm saying. The difference between 0 and minus 15 is, is way more dangerous. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, but I, I guess I, don't, I wonder, if it's minus 10, what happens to your Tesla battery or, or any electric car I, battery? I think, I think this is a, a good time for people to kind of like, you know, reacquaint themselves with the reality of, of winter in the Midwest. Um, it, it's, I think it's a far greater obstacle for electric vehicles and weather like this to, to get a charge and hold on to it, especially when it's the only you know, method you got to move with the damn car. Well, I know it's, um, it's a real problem out in the southwest in the summertime. You turn the yeah. air conditioning on and <laughs> Dr. J, he was uh, still on the show. It's some, some buddy of his buys one of the first Teslas, right? So he, he decides whoever the, the length of you're supposed to go is, I don't know how much uh, whatever Vegas to L.A. was was like the max for the thing. So he ends up leaving from L.A. to go to Vegas, and of course it's 110. He's got the ACN. He says, don't worry, there's a couple of charging stations along the way. So all of a sudden he sees his battery like slinking down, calls Tesla, and they go, geez, it's 110. <laughs> You're not going to make your max at 110 or 115, whatever the hell it was. And by the way, you got your AC blasting. Go to the charging station. So he pulls in. And they, all the charging stations were installed, but they weren't hooked up. They were there, so he plugs the thing in, but there's no power on it. So basically halfway across, he ended up, uh, Tesla came and got him with a tow truck. But they, they came and got him. It was, it was, they were nice enough to do that, but he, you know, he never made it. I mean, uh, what is a, if you're down low, what, what, even at a charging station, what is one of those charges, how long do they last? I mean, how, what is it, how long does it take to charge one up? I have no idea. Oh, my brother's got a, a Chevy Volt, which I don't think they make anymore. It's a hybrid. Uh, um, we well, can turn the motor on, right? It, yeah, it's got a, um, it's got a, a gasoline function, and it you know kicks in. The default is to the electric side of it, but the, he charges it overnight, and it 
takes all of overnight to charge the thing. Do it at two twenty so, or one ten? It'll do it on a one ten. A little bit slower, but you know you can choose four amps or eight amps or something for the charging speed. And of course, that that if it's four amps, it's going to take longer. But you know, it's not something you just do casually. If the car is around there, they're charging. You know, because he wants to get the benefit of it for short trips, which is really where the benefit of of vehicles is. Um, You know, I had my my one and only ride in a Tesla about five years ago, and. A friend of mine had one for about a year, and a, all, a bunch of people were going to a memorial service for a friend, and he was driving, and you know, it, we had to stop somewhere, and he he couldn't get the the car door to open, you know, so we're all kind of trapped in this car. It, it's all just getting out the manual, how to reboot the thing, and you know, well, you, I know you, can't, you can't. There's no man, the wax electric, I assume. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing is, and it's just there's this, this elaborate thing he had finally had to do where he, you know shuts the thing down, and it's just like your computer, and then all then things started to function again. But if you were in a you know crisis situation where you had to get out of this vehicle, I wouldn't I wouldn't expect you. To well, be did, able well, to didn't do they it. have didn't they have the car fire down south where people couldn't get out and all? Yeah, ugh. yeah. So that that cured me on Teslas. I mean, I mean, my niece has one. Out in Las Vegas, she swears by it. She'd be very proud of it. I get to each his own, and you should be able to buy these cars, you know, if that's what you want to, you know, have when you can afford it. But to mandate this is technology that's going to save us. Well, I'm not going to say anything rotten about, but it's it's like, and I know we have a whole bunch of listeners, but uh, yeah, I'll say it anyway. When you talk about Mercedes back when, like a regular car was ten, and a Mercedes was like sixty, you know, type of thing. Anybody who bought one, all he did was tell how nice it was. Otherwise, the flip side would be, I just paid sixty grand for a car and it sucks. Nobody wants to tell you that, do they? I mean, I just paid, you know, well, I just, I just paid $3 million for this house. I can't stand the place. I mean, you're not really going to get that conversation out of anybody. I mean, should you? Nope. How many people nope. bought a stock and say it's no good? They bought it because it's great, right? Another friend of mine, this is like twenty. 30 years ago had a, a Sterling. Do you remember the Sterling? Oh, God, yeah, yeah. Well, this, I mean, this is... When I say I remember my song at the auto show, I never was in one. But, you know, it was nothing but trouble time. I mean, the thing was always in the shop and it was taking forever because the stuff, all the parts, and you know, everything had to be imported on it. And it, it, it turned out to be like the lemon of all times for him. And I'm, I'm sure people had good experiences of him, but I always had the impression he was kind of afraid to badmouth it because he had paid so much for it. Well, you know, uh, one of the ones I always thought were, well, now <clears throat> they're sold, and but I always thought, boy, if, if, if I was ever huge, um, well, Dr. J and I, <laughs> I remember, Dr. J and I actually owned a limousine. Greg, you never heard this story. Um, we, Jan goes, we should get ourselves a limousine. We can drive around. We can get a driver. I go, Jan, we don't, we don't need a driver, for God's sake. This is where we're living down south in Beverly. And uh, so he goes, well, what about, what about JR? J- so JR is some guy, a friend of his brother's. We stuck in the basement in our, in our in our house down south, right? Well, Jr. had pipes down there that were like five ten, and Jr. is like six seven. He's a basketball player, or six eight, and then you hear his head bunking in the pot. But he's Jr. will drive us when we leave in the morning, and I'm thinking, I did that one day. He was the worst driver. I said, Jr. get in the back seat. I can't. I can't. I drove. I, mean, I refused to drive with the guy. So I'm I'm driving those old, those two idiots in this limousine. But we didn't have uh, back in the morning. You need to know. Uh, Greg, you could actually go get a 
a limousine off the line from Cadillac. They had this. Remember the big, huge Fleetwood, Jen? Oh yeah. Well, the limousine was the same size as the Fleetwood, off the line. And but what would happen is the back seat was a lot bigger and the trunk and the trunk was smaller. And if you wanted to get a stretch, that's what they took to the limousine guy, that basically sawed it in half and stretched it. But the actual, we just we had the we had the Cadillac limousine as it came off the line. So we go to the west side, and we buy it from some guy in this warehouse. This is over where, uh, you know, all the big restaurants and stuff are now. Where, where you know that the hot that it wasn't the hottest place back in those days. This is 1981, two. So we go over there and we buy this car for like 2,200 bucks. And there's holes in the carpet in the back seat that I knew, and they must have been running drugs in, right? <laughs> like, why else would you have a hole in the carpet? But they had a hole in the carpet. So. As soon as we complete the transaction, we buy the thing for like two grand. We give the guy the cash. He pulls out a drawer and he goes, "By the way, you guys want one of these watches?" And he pulls out all these hot watches. <laughs> oh, so we get in the car. We got our keys. We got the title allegedly. So Jan goes, well, "Let's go out and have a drink and celebrate our new car." I go, Jan, we're going. We're going right to the Secretary of State's office to see if this title's any good. What's the matter? With you? <laughs> so we head over there. And sure enough, the title's good. We have this thing, and uh, it needed a little work. I took it over to uh, Southwest Spring with my buddies on the south side. All new springs, all new shacks, tires, everything. John, this thing was by far the nicest car I ever drove. By far. I mean, you, you drive that thing, you're going 85 miles an hour, you take your foot off the, your, your hand off the wheel straight as an arrow. It was like a 79. 425 in it. Anyway, it was... Well, somebody had stolen the catalytic converter. Right? So finally, we sold the house down south and we're moving separate ways. So we go to sell the thing. And this, this African-American guy comes over and he goes, uh, I don't care if it has a, a converter because I'm buying it for my uncle down in Georgia. He's got a, he's actually got a funeral home. And, uh, you know, he paid whatever. We paid two grand for it. And he paid he paid us two grand. We gave it to him. That's what all the money I put in it. Guy calls me two days later. He goes, usually when I buy a car from somebody, people stiff me. He goes, I drove this thing down to Georgia. I've never driven a nicer car. You, guys, you were right. This thing, this thing's cheery. He goes, down here, they don't care about converters. It's fine. Like, okay, then. Everybody's happy. It's always nice. Everybody's the, happy. jump seats in the back like that? Uh, no, but, but you sat in the back. I went, and picked, I went and picked my mother up one day to go to church, and I think she was all pissed off. She would refuse to sit in the back. She sat up front. <laughs> You needed a telephone to communicate. Right? Oh yeah, well, no, there was no window or anything. It was just, it just was a, a Fleetwood with the, with a bigger back seat thing, and, and a smaller trunk. But, but the thing was gorgeous, black. You know, it wasn't a scratch on it. It all polished up. <laughs> anyway, talk about things you do when you're young, right? We actually took it uh, down to a, like we put about seven guys and we took it down to a softball game down in uh, where the hell did we go? We went to Muncie, Indiana, big tournament down. We go down there and, and we put all these guys. Talk about a bunch of knuckleheads. <clears throat> Some guy pulls in next to us. And I don't know, the guy said something or whatever. We had a couple black guys with us. And uh, they're the nicest guys. So we, on the way out, <laughs> everybody's had a couple of margaritas, right? Except for me, because I'm driving. And uh, so they go, you know, I don't like the way this guy parked. And uh, get a load of this, Greg. So the four guys picked up the guy's car and turned it sideways. <laughs> in, the, in the spot. So instead of in the lot, he's, there's like two spaces. He's now got, got a car to his rear and a car to his front. He's sideways in the space. <laughs> I, I bet he wasn't too happy about that. What do you think, right? 
He came out, hey, I had my car get like, and these four dudes just picked the thing up, and t- we had a pretty good team. We had some big boys. Just saying. Anyway, so, Jan, what, we, we got the rest of the year going. We've got an election year. Doesn't appear like there's going to be any debates. This is going to be the most crazed election I've ever come across. The idea that we would even think of, of the political landscape with a bunch of people heading someplace in Iowa and 10 below zero. And what percentage of the population shows up? 10? Of Iowa? And this is a this is some kind of a... Now, where do they go next? New Hampshire? Or, or somebody changed it to Carolina, right, is next. Yeah, the Democrats didn't want to start New Hampshire, so... They, they, they did no caucus, though, too, right? And, yeah, they didn't do the caucus either. And, and you know, New Hampshire has fought what the Democrats, you know, wanted to do in changing the sequence because they thought that was their right to have the first one. So um, I'm not sure how this is going to play out, but it was kind of kind of a was slap, you know, by the Democrats against North against New Hampshire. So well, is RFK uh, Jr. is he's on the ballot in a few places in a Democrat, but is he is he an independent or he's just hanging or what's he doing? He was going to run as an independent, um, and I'm not sure how many places he's been able to get on the ballot. And I'll tell you, you wouldn't know he's running for president, Tom, if you wrote a newspaper. Well, I, I I don't think that anybody would wants anybody doing it. And I, I did this research one morning, and I'm sure you probably know more about it than I did even before. You this, I mean, I, I mean, I honestly say when people go, you got to get out and vote, you got this other stuff. We're one political party different than Russia. You know, I mean. It, the idea of how these people get to the top and get to run. I, I'm going to say, though, John, I'm going to think 98% of it is nobody wants to run. I, just, I was thinking the other night, I go, what if <laughs> what if somebody dumped me in the White House? I, I don't want to be there. I can't, I can't go down to the Triple E. I can't, I can't talk to the people I want to talk to. I, it's got to be like jail. There isn't anybody who wants that job. Not to mention... Well, look, look at what you have to put up with. Man. Yeah. I mean, the, the people you, you, you'd have to deal with are people like Mitch McConnell, who's got, what, a 12% positive rating? You know, the, probably the, the worst politician in Washington, but you still got to do business with that guy, no matter what party you're in. And look look at the party management. I mean, the, these are people who would no, no more look at somebody who had grassroots appeal than fly in the air. They'd much rather have somebody who's been already groomed, controlled, you know, Clone from somebody else, and you know every you know piece of dirty laundering. Of course, his background has been laundered or hidden under pain of death to disclose it, just to get some some jerk like that elected. Somebody who actually wants to go out and thinks that, thinks they have a shot at, at running for office and and can get people to contribute you know a dollar or five bucks to their campaign. That's anathema to the public. Oh, without a doubt. Party. Well, I, don't, I don't know how you'd even. I don't know how you'd even do that. The economy would have to crash so bad that people would have to look at somebody like a savior. I mean, we got da- as soon as we get Joel, let us know, uh, Greg, and we'll, we'll and we'll shift over to Joel. Uh, but the uh, I don't I don't I always thought that one of the most talented, brightest guys coming up the political scene was Elliot Spitzer. I mean, he was he could have been our generation's Roosevelt, the, the maverick w- within the class, right? But what a very dead guy. I mean, he, I mean, he helped. He helped them bury him, but still, they were on him like, like what we, what, what they were doing, tapping his phones. I have no idea. I mean, oh, uh, sure. And, and this, this, to, to this day, this is still the reason why I, I say, you know, Trump is is somebody that people get behind because he's loathed equally by both parties. That to me is a sign 
of something. And maybe maybe people say that isn't enough to get you qualified to sit in the White House, but it's certainly enough to make me think that you've got something going for you that these other parties never have had. I, I, I want. You must have listened to the Michael Moore today. I am. I don't know how. I'm sort of. I'm such in the middle on this, Jen. I am. I am so behind. The, the. I'll use the word. The Trump phenomenon. Somebody from the outside that actually can maybe straighten out Washington. Um, I would. I, my whole last thirty years of my life, I've been waiting for something like that. Yet. The the man to me, he he's so personally despicable. And unable to get a quadre around him because you, you have to be able to, if you're going to be from the outside, you have to personally be able to get allies around you and show people that that's the way. I think he has absolutely zero ability to do that. He doesn't have the intellect. He doesn't have the personality. People just don't like him. They don't want to be around him. So it's not like at the end of his four years, there's if he decided to have a different party, which he didn't, he didn't there's, there's 20 senators who can't wait to be with him and, and, and 100 representatives. He has no ability to do that. I mean, as, you know, as an individual, a lot of these guys are just as sleazy as he is probably. I'm with you on that. But the phenomenon, he's just not the guy. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I, but the phenomenon, I'm all, I'm all for. I mean, can you, can you think I'm totally nuts or what? Well, no, the, I mean, the, you've got you've to thank the, the two parties for making Trump anywhere close to where he's come. Sure. Because without, without without the incompetence and crookedness of the Democrats and the Republicans and, and the horrible people from Hillary Clinton on down that you know asked for people's votes, um, there wouldn't be a Trump. Right. Had Hold we not had Obama for eight years, there wouldn't have been a Trump. And if we haven't had Biden for four years, there's no way Trump would still be in the running. It, it shows you, as bad as you may think Trump is, how how deplorable and despicable the people running against him are time. This is this is what happens when a democracy gets, you know, a, a talent pool that y- you you think maybe they deserve better, but in a democracy you, you kinda get what you deserve. Well we've always and had we've we've been the luckiest country on earth. Because every time we were in a massive crisis we had somebody who was um, pretty much a, above above a human being. I mean we had Washington, we had Lincoln, we had Roosevelt. Now we have a crisis, and we don't seem. I'm looking around for that person. I don't see him. Do you? No, we've had some crises where we could have done a lot better than the people. We well, had. we had we had Wilson. It was a problem. We could have done a hell of a lot better after World War One. If we if we had any leadership after World War One, there might not have been a World War Two. I honestly believe that. And you know, we, we could have done better than an LBJ. Yeah, uh, yeah he was a piece of work. Um, well, but he, plus, he I think he I think he killed the guy before him, which is a problem. Yeah, well, that's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's a problem. Uh, you know, I I just but I, to me right now, the the more I'm I'm, I'm on the show, and it's, this is what's uh, doing it to me, John. Is you know, we're not kids anymore. But I'm going to say that in the last 15 years, with the people we've had on the show and the listeners and people that have sent me stuff, without a doubt, I've learned so much more in the last 15 years than I ever did the rest of the years of my life. It's scary. Um, you know, I mean, I learned a hell of a lot when I was at Pullman because the people I had, I got to talk to every day was, it was like a smorgasbord of brilliant men and women. And, uh, I mean, I, I, in, a, in those days, you didn't have a computer, you didn't sit on your desk on your own. If you had two hours free, you wandered around, you sat down with the program manager, you sat down with people, nobody cared because they were part of your project. And, you know, it was just different. I mean, you didn't have stuff to do all day long and, or, or make, make believe you did and stare at a computer and do emails to people. 
So I mean, I, I it was it was like a smorgasbord. If I had to go to one guy and learn about, you know, housing or the uh, fur- furnace furnace and air conditioner engineering, and I go somewhere else and I talk to the foreman and, and learn how to do enwellments. I mean, it was it was something like you know very few people get a chance to do. But I mean, doing the show, the more the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. And and I honestly believe that that Trump is a guy who thinks he has it all figured out, and, and in his gut, you just give the problem to him and he'll make the call. And, and the older I get, John, the more I realize that's not good enough. That's not good enough. I mean, you read about people like Bill Stevenson that, that ran the, the uh, British Secret Service during the war. That man, we don't have anybody like that guy around anymore that I know of, that you know, that was an inventor, a mathematician, a writer, uh, heavyweight, or lightweight boxing champ. I mean, the dude... I mean, you, you compare his resume to the people we have running now, and it's like, where did we get these people? Right? I mean, I... Well, it, it, it really shows me how, you know, little regard the political establishment has for what people of whatever stripe really need. And there's no interest in, in providing candidates that are the sort of people that people will rally around. I, I'm sorry, you know, a Joe Biden does not float my boat. Oh, God, no. no. I, I, I look around and I would say, well, in an ideal world, who might I pick? You know, you know, I could say anybody but him. But I'm going to say, Jan, when we were younger, I could have easily handled, from a, from a morals and intelligence standpoint, I could have handled Adlai Stevenson. I could have handled Dan Annuity. You, you can rattle the people off. They just, they were... Bob Dole, World War II vet. Nothing, nothing wrong with Bob Dole, I don't think. I mean, as a whether every every decision he would have made, I would have agreed with. Hell no. But but was there anything wrong with him? The guy, the guy came out of the war, did this, did that. Was a good Jerry Ford. I had no problem with him either. I mean, I, I don't He's see better than Mitt, Mitt Romney by yeah. a long shot. I mean, I, well, but Mitt Romney is a guy who actually did accomplish something. I mean, I mean, he did. You know, he did a nice job, and it looked to me like the guy knows how to organize some stuff. He gets some people to. You know, I think if he was president, most of your cabinets would be would be smoother and more efficient because he's he's proven he can do that. What what have these guys proven? What has what has Joe Biden ever proved? He's, he's, he rode the train to, to politics for forty years. You know, um, Greg, do we have a uh, Joel or no? Yeah, good morning. Oh, there good you morning, are, bud. Chief. Oh, oh. John, John, why don't you, if you want to hang, well, you always hang on anyway, but we'll hang on for a little yeah, bit. I, today, today I have to cut loose, um, but um, you know, I'll be I'll be you know ready and willing on Thursday. So. All right, buddy, take care of yourself. Take care, Joel and Greg and Tom. Take care. So, Joel, what's up? We'll, we'll go right to you, and we'll do the uh, the markets. We're down 15, and the S&P's down 64, and the NASDAQ, that's good enough. Is that what you want to talk about? No. Is that what the hell you want to talk about? I want to talk about all these coaches quitting. What's going on? I hear your guys you interview. You know what I want to talk about today? Michigan. Michigan, Michigan, Michigan. Did things go down exactly as I talked about yeah. versus Alabama? Sorry about last Tuesday. I didn't make it up. We were up uh, a pretty late Monday night in I Houston. Imagine. We, had, yeah. we had that figured out, that you, you were going to be a, a late guy. Yeah, yeah, and I, I usually email you guys and give you a heads up, but uh, yeah, very uh, very proud of my Michigan Wolverines there, traveled down to Houston, and uh, wow, what a year, what a tumultuous yeah. year, uh, coming to an end with just a dominating performance in the national championships, doing it the old-fashioned way, just like, uh, just like George Patton rolled into Germany on the ground, 
we did it on the ground with good defense. So uh, very happy about that. Uh, my Michigan Wolverines uh, basketball, we won't spend as much time on, but we did beat Ohio State yesterday. And uh, how about the Motor City Kitties yeah. in the uh, division final here? So, man, oh, man, things have not been this uh, this. What was the uh, – what were the last – 10 minutes like in that game because Audrey's cable went out and I'm watching it and nobody scored in the last 8 or 9 minutes how does that ever happen in football these days you know what uh, I'm not going to go into great detail on this but man this Sean McVay and they're not talking about this on the media or anything but man he got schooled by Dan Campbell uh, they had a chance to kick a field goal late they, uh, they, got, they got had a penalty they got out of the field goal range they had to punt and there was like 2.25 to go, and uh, uh, L.A. only had one timeout. And they read it run down to the two-minute warning, and then the first play after the two-minute warning, Detroit got a first down. So they ran out the clock. Wow. And that was it. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I was telling uh, uh, the wife about it. She fell asleep that, man, these games always end with a late score and a late field goal. But, no, uh, it, was gr- it was just uh, coaching. And uh, totally out coach. So Tampa Bay pulled the upset. Well, I don't know really if it was an upset. Well, Green Bay. Wow. Well, here yeah. you go. Out, here you go out to dinner with Jimmy Jones tonight and talk about the season. Uh, you, you mean Jerry? Jerry, yeah, Jerry. I could do a better job than Mike McCarthy. Not a big Cowboys fan, but uh, anyways, I know I joined a little bit late here, but uh, getting to the markets, Chief. I mean. We're just hanging up here at 4,800. We can't seem to push through and get to that magical $5,000 level. And uh, and on the other hand, there's a lot of money on the sidelines. Uh, the only thing that uh, is a little concerning to me is uh, that reaction to the J.P. Morgan earnings on Friday. I know that's a long time ago, uh, but it made a new all-time high and so, uh, sold off. Uh, Delta Airlines, uh, they had a, not a great report that got hit. So I would just say, you know, Q4, Q4 earnings season, uh, not off to a great start so far, at least based on the price reaction. Well, you know, Joe, I uh, you never want to admit this to every, anybody in private, much less on, in public, but after all the years I have in the business, I cannot, I, I've totally thrown my hands in the air with all the help these banks get from the government. Uh-huh. And, and, and they... they I think they do so well where they, they basically steal all the money internally and give it all themselves. Yep. They don't ever want to show that they're making so much money because then people get pissed off of how much the government's giving them. I, I have no idea whether their stocks are underpriced or overpriced. Honestly, everybody on TV acts like they're, they're an expert at it. They're priced to book, priced to this price. I don't, I, don't know what, I, honestly don't know what the hell they're talking about, and I don't know if they know what they're talking about. I, I cannot price these places at all, never have, and I just kind of stay away from them a little bit. I have some people in the XLF, which is the... The banking index, if we think it's too low, but I mean the idea of picking an individual bank or something—I just was oh. never any good at. It. I don't know if anybody is. Are they? Or am I just bad at it? No, I mean there's only one clear winner in this, and that's been J.P. Morgan. And uh, I, I picked up a little bit of that during the uh, April swoon because I figured, well, they might be the only bank that's standing. So you're right. I mean, we were supposed to have rising interest rate environment that was supposed to be great for the banks. They didn't do much. Now rates are flat. Very hard to figure out. I mean, I do think there's a, you know, uh, a lot of a lot of things, uh, a lot of loans are going to be coming off the books in 24, 25. Uh, you know that you know are not not 
fully priced in yet. So, uh, you know, everyone's looking for the next bank to go under. It hasn't happened, but I agree with you. Very, very hard to value. Joel, real quick, I don't have that much time, but this is not more. This is probably more than a one-minute answer, but what is your feel? We've got a couple guys on the show. I don't know if you listen to all of them, but Russell, he's been to China a bazillion times. He lectures over uh-huh. there and stuff. He is so concerned about what's happening over there and the eventual fallout here because he thinks people, yeah. there's people here that have money invested over there that somehow it's all quiet. Now maybe they divested a little bit of time or maybe they're doing the right thing. He's absolutely convinced that that's a, it's a very unappreciated problem we have. He says it's about 100 times bigger than long-term capital ever was, and yet nobody seems to pay any attention to it. Their market's going on, everybody else's are going up, and I mean do you see anything there? I mean, I have, I have no way to put my finger on it. I, I know there's a lot of people that have invested there. I can't figure out who the hell they are. I mean, I can't can't pinpoint it. I mean, do you have a better view of me, or are you just kind of the same way? Uh, well, I just look at, uh, I, you know, I look at it technically, and, you know, from a technical perspective, there's absolutely no reason to, you know, to be over it, you know, to be owning some of these stocks. Uh, but more importantly, you got to look at it, you know, fundamentally. And you know, right now, I mean, with the new elections in Taiwan and everything, I mean, it's just such a, it's an unstable economic situation. It's an unstable fundamental situation. Uh, you know, there seem to be, you know, uh, different ways of, or different stances that they're taking with Russia. So I just say, you know, uh, hands off. And uh, that that's the way I would be. Whether, whether it's a you know, the day that Taiwan, you know, if they go into Taiwan and there's a war, then we'll say, oh, that's really bad. Uh, but well, I'm just, it's not that the market hasn't been warned. I just, I just want to wonder if, uh, you know, my premise less, I just wondered if some bank or some company here or some big investment house that you and I may talk about all the time all of a sudden is up to their eyeballs in Chinese debt and nobody even knows it. I mean, I mean is there a place like that or we just don't know about it or, or is everybody all right? I I hope everybody's all right. I don't know. Uh, I'll, I'll go with the latter, but uh, I'm going to hop. All right, buddy, you and, take uh, care of yourself. I'll say go blue. We'll yep. talk to you next week. Uh, Harbaugh, San Diego? No, no, Harbaugh's going to stay. Why would anyone ever leave Ann Arbor, Michigan? Um, that's a good question. Pretty darn uh, nice. Go blue. Take SB Futures down 15, Nancy Futures down 60. We're going for like a two-second break. Right back, Kenny Polkary. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The Control Freak's Guide to Life, Money, and Probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Jocks. And jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Hello, everybody. Stocks and jocks. I'm talking about Rick Pappas on the board. SP Futures down 14. The SP Futures down 60. We have the uh, um, lines are down a little bit, so we're looking at a 4% uh, 
uh, tenure again. Do we have Mr. Uh, Kenny, our man? We do. Kenny, how are you, buddy? Happy, uh, happy whatever. Happy day after <laughs> MLK. <laughs> Thank you. How are you? All right. We manage the, you know, any day when it's 10 below zero and your, your car starts is a good day, I guess, huh? Just saying. It's a good day when your car starts, yes, but I understand there's a bunch of Teslas that are just piled up at the side of the road out in your part of the country because the temperature is so, so bad. Yeah, it's a... Uh, it's it's not easy and uh, and and machines or people when it's ten below and the wind's blowing you know, one of those kind of things but we had such a strange phenomenon here last week Kenny I was out in the burbs uh, over the weekend and there's there's a solid eight to ten inches of snow maybe more yeah, and it's you. kind of, and it's downtown here what do we get Greg one inch it was all just rain it was I mean, thank God for the lake it kept everything like at thirty four degrees and just poured here for about a day but right. out there it was. The other night we were coming home. We had a dinner with these uh, this couple, um, uh, retired teachers that Audrey sold them a place, and of course everybody that Audrey sells a place to becomes a, a pal, right? Because everybody likes her, <laughs> um, even me. So, <laughs> uh, so we went we were over there. What a what a what a what a nice couple. But on the way back, I mean, it was like uh, you know driving in the rural roads. The wind's whipping across the road, <laughs> drifting over and stuff. God, this is this, we're not talking rural Indiana. We're talking about Orland, for God's sake. And but it was right. I mean, it was uh, windy and nasty, and uh, you know. And then, but now it's it's getting better. So we'll, we'll survive. You know what the hell? It's whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Isn't that the story? What you're supposed I to? I think that is the story. What? Uh, so what do you make of? Uh, um, well, I. We're, it's not going to. It's going to be an odd election year because evidently there's not going to be any debates or anything. But uh, I don't know that that these two people aren't going to end up being the candidates again. God, I just it just does seem like a nightmare to me, Kenny. But let's let's well, not wait get a minute. But wait a minute. Do you really think that once we settle, whoever the candidates are, whoever they are, do you really think that the Democratic Party is not going to participate in in, in, a, in a in a debate? Is that really what we're talking I, about? I, uh, I heard last week that there weren't going to be any debates. I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, I, I well, as an American, I think that's bullshit. We have a presidential election going on, and the two candidates are not going to be allowed to debate. Well, well they decided not to. They decided not no, to. No, no. Who decided not to? The candidates or the parties? I candidates. Candidates, I think. As of now, that's bullshit. I don't think so. Joe Biden may have decided not to, but I don't think Trump did. If Trump's the candidate, I don't think he's. I think he. I think he wants to go up against Joe Biden. Well, I if I was. If I was going up against Trump, I would I would either expect some real rules of the debate, or I would immediately right. challenge him to take the jacket off and let's go out back because I'm not going to stand there being insulted for an hour by anybody. No, but you stand there to be insulted. But there should be there should be a debate about policy, about what's going on, about what you know what it looks like. Not about insulting somebody, but let's let's put the policy. But that's all he ever it. did. Let's that's, talk about it. But that's all he ever did. That I mean I. I guess I, I, here's my here's my issue with this, Kenny. And I don't know if it's just it seems to me. And again, this this is you know, maybe just an older dude. Seems to me we're 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 kowtowing to the the dumbing down of society. I mean, the last election when there were nine people on the stage on the Republican side, whoever dreamed that up had to be the biggest moron on earth. And all Trump did in the middle was insult one person every week, and they and they'd end up getting out. Yeah. Right. And uh, and I don't see. I, I th- but this is. We're talking about the the most important job in the world. We're not talking about uh, you know a, a Jerry Springer show. I mean, you know, right? And 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 the fact that a lot of people want to see the the Jerry Springer show 
I, I don't want that for my presidential debate. I just, I just don't. I know I'm, I'm, I know I'm old school on this, but neither. No, none well, of I don't want the Jerry Springer show for a debate either. Absolutely not. But I do want a debate about the issues between the two presidential candidates. When is, when's I want to talk the, about the economy. I want to talk about inflation. I want to talk about the border. I want to talk about you know support when, for. When's the last time uh, you heard that? Country that comes to us. It's bullshit. When's the last time you heard that? Nineteen sixty. Actual well, people okay, actually talk. Well, so 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 the answer. So then your answer is screw it. No, no, I'm I, 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 I would love to see exactly what you're talking about. But I don't know that you yeah. ever that you ever that you ever see that. I mean, I mean, everybody no. everybody has the talking points. You sir are no Jack Kennedy, or what? What was what was, uh, what was Ronald Reagan's? Yeah, no, line? I, I hear you, but I I hear you, but I think it's I think it's I think it's I think it's very unfair to the to the voting public that these two people, whoever they are, aren't going to get up in front of the public and have and have a debate. You're right. You got to put new rules around it. You got to you, you know you got to kind of put guardrails up. That's fine. But there should absolutely be a debate. The fact that there isn't is yet should infuriate everybody. Well, how about how about this, Kenny? Uh, by themselves, without having fifteen other idiots do it, can either are either one of these guys capable of taking ten issues and writing a hundred words or less where they stand on the issues? I don't think Trump's capable. I don't think the other guy's capable. Uh, um. Are they capable? I guess, well, for sure Biden's not capable. For sure he's not capable. Um, is Trump capable? I think Trump's capable. I just don't think he'll do it, right? I just but I'm don't saying think he'll, he'll... we should know out of the whole the whole thing is, I, Kenny, I, I, one of the things you should you could have come with, <laughs> I took media training one night uh, when I was running for yeah. the board of the CBO, and they made us, myself and the other candidate, uh, take the media training. And thankfully she picked on him and not me. And it, yeah. it, it's, it is very tricky and it's very hard to do because you have to make sure that you get your message out no matter what the question is. But it can immediately evolve into no matter what anybody asks you, you say the same thing. And, and these guys have reached the point where that's all they do. I mean, I, mean, the, I, mean, I understand if you get off, if you get 30 seconds of time you could never pay for and some lady or guy says to you, Chief, how's your golf game? Golf game's not so hot because I'm concentrating on this. I mean, you, you have to shift into your message, but also your message can't be so ridiculous that no matter what they ask you, what's the weather like? Oh, how about those Cubs? <laughs> you, know, you, you can't do no, that right. either. So, and I think they, they've gotten so good at that and insulting each other, the thing turns into a circus, and I, I can't wait to turn it off. It's not like anybody will tell you actually what they're going to do on the border because they don't know. I mean, it's, it's not like... Either one of these guys wants to talk about money supply like you and I want them to. When's the last time somebody actually... They, look at the guys in front of Congress. They get tried to get pinned down. All they make it do is, is BS their way through the three minutes, they get to the next guy, and the next guy will never follow up the question. When's the last time you heard anything, even in Congress, when they're in front of those people? I, I never have in the last 10 years. I, mean, I, I agree with you, it needs to happen, but it's almost at a point where they've gotten so good at duck, dodge, and hide that, that I, don't even know, I don't even want to watch. Or, or am I just getting seen out? No, uh, you know what? I, I hear you. I don't think you're getting seen out, and I, I, I agree with the frustration. Absolutely agree with the frustration. But I, I, I don't know. As far as I'm concerned, I think there needs to be. I, I, I think they they need to get up and they need to they need to present. I, I, that's just what I think. But all right. So you you, know, you and I are sitting me. there, and we get the two gentlemen up in front of us, and we say, "All right, guy, who, who wants to go first? Here's here's my concern. We have this this." Runaway inflation during COVID, whether 
It was a good idea, bad idea. You know, we, we can't go back. That water's under the bridge. But the fact is, we have a massive bulge. Money supply, price level, and now we've got the inflation rate back down to, let's say, three, three and a half, four, which isn't horrible, but the, the price level is, is something that 90% of your people voting for you can't deal with. Are you going to, what are you going to do about it? Do you think either one of those guys has any idea what you just said or has, has, has any chance at a decent answer? I just, it's just frustrating. You're not going to get a decent answer. You're not going to get a decent answer. They never actually answer the question they're asked anyway. That's that's what I'm saying. It's political training to the, the, or media training to the nth degree. Right. So, so yeah, do I want the world that you're seeing and would I like to see two people running for president up there with conflicting views on how to do stuff and be able to articulate them in a way where they just disagree and not insulting each other? Would I love to see that? Yes. What are the chances of us seeing it? I'd say the chances are about the same as me being a jockey today in the eighth race. <laughs> and I, if you can imagine that, Kenny, you wouldn't want to be the horse, you know? No, I would not want to be the horse. <laughs> <laughs> just, just sad, you know? Now, a yeah. sulky driver, you and I could be sulky drivers. Yeah, no, I hear you. That'd be kind of fun, like wouldn't it? Nuts. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, anyway, I, I, you know, listen, I, I hear you. I just uh, m- maybe it's me. Maybe I'm just I'm just frustrated with, uh, you know, with what's going on in this country. Maybe I'm just frustrated with a whole bunch of things. But I don't know. I think it's a, uh, I think it's a crock that uh, that they're not going to. I, 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 I think it's a crock that they've that they've pushed Bobby Kennedy out. That yeah. they don't even they don't even think he's alive or that he's a participant. Um, they pushed him right out of the party. They weren't interested. The other guy, who was the other guy? The congressman or the senator that also made a bid to run for, for Democratic nominee. He suddenly disappeared, too. He, he came out about two months ago and announced his candidacy, and then suddenly he fell off the face of the earth. I don't know where he went. But I still don't think it's going to be Joe Biden. I still think they're going to pull someone out of their hat. I just don't know who it is. Just because I, I honestly don't think that Joe Biden can do it. I don't think Joe Biden can do it for another four years. I just don't. I, I don't think he can either, but I... I got, I'm going to ask you, you brought something up, Kenny, and uh, maybe we'll hopefully we'll run more than a minute over. I know you got a dash, but hey, what do they tell these people that they don't want to run? Chicago, I believe, uh, help me with this, Greg. I, when when Ron, the Ram father was going to run for mayor, I think it was the Ram father, maybe it was Lori, one of the two, uh, Tom Dart, I think, wanted to run, and he went out to Washington to meet with God knows who you meet with, and he came back and said, I'm not running. I mean, what do they tell him? They tell him they're going to waterboard him. Do they tell him they're going after his family? I, I, I what do they tell these people? That's very interesting. I, I don't know what they're going to tell them, but it's very interesting um, because you know what do they have to do? They have to they have to be diplomatic. They can't start threatening, but they have to push him out so that he doesn't run, right? Because he's he's tearing up the party. He's making the current president look. Uh, he's embarrassing the current president, the party. You know they, uh, and I'm sure maybe they they pacify him a little bit by by you know. Uh, uh, Promising to give him some pork in the next in the next bill that's going to go. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's got to be something. I mean, because I mean, look look at the obviously they didn't want Gary Hart. They yep. and and they didn't want Elliot Spitzer. And, and you right. know, I mean, uh, they you know, I mean, they, they taped the guy's phone lines looking for looking for stuff. I mean, it, <laughs> come on. <laughs> and, uh, and and of course he he provided the stuff. But you know, when you, I mean, nobody's really perfect. But. Uh, Still, I think you could probably follow you or me around all day, and you'd end up getting bored because I don't think we—we're I mean, not bringing women over state lines or anything. But, uh, but I think you know, 
they somehow or another. I mean, I'm not into this, uh, you know, deep state stuff, but it sure appears to me that the people in charge of the last three or four presidents have not been in charge. I mean, anybody thinks that they no, have. Uh, right. and, and for sure, this one has not been in charge. Oh, God, no. getting old. But I mean, George has not been in charge. This one. But George Bush, same way. I mean, they basically interviewed him for the presidency. And, and Obama was to me, I, the, the 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 you know the the, the grease the this well, the the sled sled uh, sled things were greased for him the whole way. I mean, who who, who decides who's in and who's out? I, I I think it's pretty scary, actually. Anywho, uh, no, I hear you. I'd love uh, to see I you in there. I don't know. I don't know who decides who's in and who's out. You know what I mean? Well, who uh, uh, are they going to be able? You know, some people you know that come on TV and so forth. None of they do just for their shtick, but. Are convinced the market is incredibly high in some some areas. I think in some areas they're probably right. Some areas maybe not so much. Uh, but wh- what is what is the government prepared to do to not let the market go down this year? Anything, whatever whatever they have to, or well, what? What are they prepared to do? Are they prepared to uh, are they prepared to you know cut rates to support the market? I think they for sure. I think they are. Oh, I, I am I too. Think they will at some point. I don't think that cut in five or six times. But could we see one or two cuts? I think that's max. Um, but beyond that, I don't think, you know, what else are they going to do? They're going to continue spending, deficit spending, and, you know, create more of a mess, which they, which they clearly could do. Well, after, after 24 years, what's one more? <laughs> I hear you. You're, you're right. You're right. I hear you. Well, it's, it's Kenny, if you got a second, it's so funny. I used to, we used to have a young lady help us out with the show. Uh, we, we had Maddie Weber, and she was Maddie, M-A-D-D-I-E. So she was girl Maddie, right? You remember her. Uh, yeah. v- very nice lady from uh, Loyola. English, uh, English. Uh, God, she's like five eleven, tall, pretty girl, but really, really pleasant. And uh, she uh, was telling me one day, you know, my girlfriend, uh, her dad gave her the the birds and the bees lecture, and I'm thinking, this is kind of inappropriate. Some old guy <laughs> riding her car. She goes, Oh no, not about that. We figured that out. Don't worry about that. We got that all figured out. <laughs> Good for you. And uh, she goes, It has to do with her student loan debt and how he figures she'd be out of it, like when she's forty three. So okay, right. Uh, but now the the difference, Kenny, is if you and I, when we were younger, if we owed somebody some dough, you know, from the first semester, which I didn't, but if I owed somebody hundred bucks for drinking, and you had a chance to work during spring break, probably you're going to work during spring break, get a few bucks yourself, and pay the guy off or lady, whoever it was, right, or your parents. If you if you're not going to be out of debt to your forty three, I said, well, she's at, she's at spring break, and I go, well, if she's out of dough, why is she at spring break? And she's like, and Maddie says to me. What's the difference? Forty three or forty three in three months? Right. It's so far out there. I mean, with I think with the national debt here, do you do you think the Fed is going to decide in September to come clean and before the election and all of a sudden <laughs> throw the market down? I mean, what's two more months after twenty five years or more? Well, oh, I hear you. I, I hear you. It's very frustrating, and I, and I get it, but. Now, I think this is going to end up being a frustrating year, not only from the political side, but I think it's going to be a frustrating year from from a market's perspective because I think the Fed has backed themselves into a corner. I think I want to see, and I put up my note this morning, I see inmates running the asylum, right? Yeah. Who's running this? Is the Fed dictating where we're going, or no. is the market telling the Fed where to go? I think some people are telling the the, the Fed where to go, and they're not the Fed. Yeah. But I, we'll see, Kenny. I mean, uh, you, and, you and I want uh, the prices to stop going up we want the Fed to be somewhat conservative, not not crashing the place, and we like we want people's wages and stuff to to keep creeping to catch up. I think the chances the chances of that happening, 
You know, it's probably better than me being a Jackie, but I don't know how much better. You and I, that's you and I both went. And I, do we have a chance? <laughs> I'd like to say yes, but you know, I, I, think, I actually think we do. I just, but I don't think we do if we if we keep ignoring it. I mean, if we keep making it worse, I don't think we do. Yeah, no, I I agree. All right, buddy, you take All care right, of yourself. My son, it's fine after. Uh, we got to see you soon this year. I miss I miss uh, an actual physical Kenny's hey, say hello. <laughs> I'll let you know when I'm coming out. All right, but well, don't come up tomorrow or today. Too cold. Give us a week. No, let let no. us clean this weather up first. SP Futures down 15. NASDAQ Futures down 65. Be right back. Professor Hal Snart. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. You are out of control! Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Stocks and jocks. I'm talking about Greg Pappas on the board. SP futures down 15, NASDAQ futures down 65. It says here, divide between political elites and tenured professors, and the working class is getting wider. So, <laughs> do we have a? Oh, well, here, here we here we got a pr- professor Hell. Uh, the divide between you and the rest of us is getting wider. It says here. Well, it depends on where you're a professor at. If you're a professor at Harvard or Columbia or whatever, um, I don't think that divide's getting wider, but. If you uh, teach at a small teaching college or a smaller state university, it definitely does feel like it's getting wider. Especially when you go to the grocery store. Every week it feels like you're getting a gut punch. You hear my story earlier about my car battery? No, I didn't hear it. I had had to get a new battery, so of course I... You know, I'm sure as hell willing to get credit the credit's due. Um, I get this... I I go to buy this charger. Of course, I used to have them in a car. I don't have them anymore. I'm like an idiot. So I go out and I get this chart. Plus, I didn't want anybody to to, to uh, jump me because it's kind of dangerous. Most people know how to do it. But anyway, so I uh, go out and get this charger, and I go to put it in the car, and the thing doesn't want to work. It's like 100 bucks. So I take it back, get another one. And I go, you know, I'm, I'm going to call AAA. They might they might be able to come on over. So yesterday morning at 7 o'clock, I call him. The guy's there in a half hour. You know, a nice guy. Jump, comes out with this portable charger, throws it on there, thing starts right up. So I leave it run. I'm just going to take it over to my mechanic. And uh, so I give the guy... Ten bucks, and I'm thinking, uh, and the guy, of course, they don't want they don't want to take a tip, right? And I, you know, but, I'm, but I'm not filming it. I said, "Come on, will you? It's freezing out, will you?" I said, "Grab." Then I said, <laughs> "Then I said something stupid like get yourself some breakfast.' I should have said get a cup of coffee, 
We'll, yeah. we'll do ten bucks. We'll There's no way. You know, and then I'm sitting there thinking, you piker, if you wanted to go to a breakfast, you should have given him a twenty. What's the matter with you? You know. <laughs> so here now, I feel guilty. I only gave the guy ten, right? <laughs> and he's thinking. Yeah, ten used to be a good tip. Now yeah, it's like. Yeah. And now he thinks he's losing his job over to ten, and I'm thinking between this whole mess, the guy can't even get breakfast out of the deal. So anyway, I head over to my guy, and he goes, Ah, your battery's no good, right? And I said, Yeah, you know, I'm kind of losing track of time. I, it seems like I just bought one, but I guess it was before COVID. He goes. It's four years almost to the day. And he goes, that's how long they last. And I yeah. go, didn't they, didn't they used to last longer? He said, well, yeah, yeah, they a used battery, to. Though, a battery, though, if you deep cycle a car battery, if it goes dead on you, you pretty much have its life because they're not designed to go Yeah, yeah. Dead. Like a, a boat battery, an RV battery, is designed to go deep. Yeah, in the old, the old days, you could, the old days they could go dead and you'd fire them back up and it didn't hurt them. But now, but now, yeah. now it does. You can, you can have their life. That's why I try to keep my batteries always charged. It, it, they don't like going deep. So you got to keep it charged all the time. Well, so anyway, I, the guy I said, "Well, how, here," and it was like two twenty, or you know, two twenty-five or something. I said, "Boy, these things are uh, kind of going up. They used to be <laughs> used to go anywhere and buy a battery for like seventy-five hours." He goes, "Let me help you." Four years ago, the one I put in is basically the same battery as this one. He goes, "I paid sixty-nine dollars for that one. I paid one eighty for this one. Four years ago, same thing." So yeah. you know, th- th- this this inflation. To think that it's not embedded everywhere where you're not looking for it, you know, and I, and I don't know that car batteries are necessarily in the CPI, but every I mean, how many people have to replace one this year? And they're going seriously over 200 bucks for battery. Yeah, Thank well, a gallon of a gallon of Horizon organic milk that we used to buy in Utah for I don't know five or six dollars before the pandemic, it's twelve dollars more than twelve dollars a gallon at grocery stores now more than twelve dollars just for that. That milk. Well, you know, the, we had a guy uh, when when uh, Chris, um, I don't know if Chris is still in the business or what he's doing, but when he used to come on the show on Mondays, we used to have like Farmer Monday, and uh, and he, he had a guy from, Greg, you know that that huge outfit in Indiana, Fair Oaks Dairy? Guy's got, I don't know, I don't know how, much, how much property he has over there, but when you, when you drive by it, it's like, you know, I think they, they have something like 50 or 55 births a day of, <clears throat> of calves. And so I asked him on a show one day, I go, how the hell did you guys get all this property to start with? Because, you know, it's got to be, I'm not going to say he has a county, but he's he's got two, three square miles, easy maybe. Hmm. And, uh, and, I, and I go, he says, well, no, they were, they were going to build an airfield there, an airport. And then they gave up on it, but they had accumulated all this land, and we just bought it from them to start. Hmm. And I'm thinking, I don't, I don't remember any. I can remember back pretty far. I, I don't remember any any airport going in there, Lafayette, Indiana. But evidently, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna say that the, uh, uh, you know, that the the dude is, uh, he's lying to me. Sure, he isn't. But there must have been. Maybe it was a military airfield or something. But he didn't just start with like one farm. Evidently. Anyway, I asked him one day, or Chris asked him. He goes, "How come organic milk costs so much more than the other?" And he, it's not. It's not the milk. He said something about if you only feed a cow organic stuff. I think he said fifty or sixty gallons a week less out of the cow than than a regular mm, wow. cow. It's a huge number. Wow! And, I, and all of a sudden, the first thing that pops well, into my that, that stuff that you feed the cow is probably a lot more expensive too. Yeah. Well, but it's and, I, and I, so first thing that popped into my mind is what in the hell is in the other stuff <laughs> making this poor yeah. cow give another. 30 or 40 or 50, whatever the number was, I, I was stunned at how much it was. It was like, well, I'll tell you, grass matters. Grass matters in the production of milk because uh, I tell you, uh, you know, New York, New York, the air is a lot cleaner than I thought it would be. 
I think it's because we're right here on the ocean. I mean, we're only like, what, two, three miles from the ocean, so we get this nice ocean breeze. So the air is much better here than it is in Utah. And then on top of that, the, the milk it tastes better. Now, I think it's because the, the cows in New York State, they probably eat uh, a different kind of grass or uh, a grass that gives the milk a better flavor. And if you remember that movie, The uh, Pulling Dynamite, you definitely want cows eating, getting into the onion patch. It turns to milk yellow. Oh, God. Well, I know that we had a there was there was a guy. Let me talk about it. People that had you know all kinds of different stuff kind of going for him. Um, Audrey, of course, she's the the horse girl. She finds his bed and breakfast up in uh, you know near Veracqua. Anyway, you get up to Madison and you take a left turn and you drive for a whole bunch of uh, <laughs> the. Uh, um, anyway, we go up there and they got a bed and breakfast going, so we're staying in there, a nice place, and they've got. Horses they rent, horses they sell. The guy's a, a, you know, you probably know what this. Is, I don't know if anybody else does. He's a he's a cutting horse rider. You know what that is? Uh-uh. Well, it's a it's a somewhat of a rodeo event, like for farm guys, hmm. where the uh, you have a horse that's it's a cutting horse, and they they have an ability. Uh, they're they're short, they're real fast, they're really highly temperamental, but they'll they'll have a whole whole thing of cows in in a you know in a corral. And every one of them's got a number on them, and so all of a sudden the number will flash up, and you have to cut cow thirty-three out of the rest of the herd. So you got to go in there, and you, your horse has to shag, shag all the other guys out of there, and get oh, cow yeah. number thirty-three who doesn't want to go with you. Get the side of him and push him over to the side. And you got to single him out from the herd. That's called that's a cutting. I'm sitting there watching this stuff, going, mm. God bless it. How do these how do these guys learn to do this? But the horse does most of it. Once he yeah. knows the cow you're going after, but so they did that. They had a huge dairy thing, and it was it was literally ten below zero. We go into the dairy thing, and it's hot in there. I mean, the cows are you don't have to worry about heating a dairy barn. So the guy gets all well, they're they're farting all that methane. Yeah, well, well, yeah. And then the dude is he's, he's so he's milking the cows. He's selling, and then he's got all this his ranch or his ranch land, but it's kind of hilly. So they're growing corn, but you can't really, you know, it's not corn for corn's sake. They just knock it down, and they get. And then he also has got all these young male, just weaned from the mother. They run around out there and get fat uh, for some, you know, big breeding herd. And they, he gets paid like a penny a pound they gain before they go to the feedlot. So he's got about. Plus, he she was a paramedic, and he was somehow. So they got about eight different businesses going. Hmm. And it would, but yeah, the, the the dairy part of it, you know, sometimes they made nothing on milk, and if milk went up. You know, twenty cents a gallon. All of a sudden, they're making dough, and all of a sudden, they're not making dough. I mean, it, it's a bit any kind of stuff like that is hard to do. It's just really hard. Oh, Plus, yeah. it's hard work. God bless. Yeah, you're always getting hurt. Well, I, I, I love being on the farm, but uh, man, I tell you, the deck is stacked against the little guy. Oh yeah, it really is. Yeah, stacked, stacked. So I mean, yeah, and I don't. Then, uh, with all that stuff going, then, <laughs> then they end up getting divorced. I don't know how that all worked out, but anyway. I, <laughs> so Audrey ended up buying her horse from the guy. And uh, so we went out riding one day, and I, I, I don't like riding at all. So I hop on this horse, and the guy turns around and looks at me, the horse. Like, there's a rookie. <laughs> and we're walking, the whole, everything is frozen, so the guy's slipping. And I'm thinking, if this guy goes down, what's going to happen to my leg? You know, I'm not, I'm not what's going to happen to the horse? Yeah, what's going to happen to the horse? Well, if he, he, he'll, he could slip and fall and be all right. I'm about me on top of him. Well, if a horse injures his leg, you know, I think you have to pretty much put him down. Oh, yeah, but I'm saying he, he if he would have slipped, he just would have fallen, you know, because he had, they had shoes on him, and it was ice. Anyway, I was never so happy to get back into the bar and get off the thing and go to the bar. It's just, just saying. <laughs> 
So what do you make of uh, what we've got elections happening, we've got stuff overseas, we've got protests all over the place, we've got uh, economic issues, we've got some stocks I think that are kind of high, some maybe not so high. we got interest rates that we're back up to 4%, I think, you know, and uh, uh, if it gets much higher than that, that's going to be, it's going to you know, impact the market a little bit. If some stocks keep getting higher and higher, $4 trillion now is not a is a number that I don't think anybody can conceive, but it's there. What what do you, uh, we seem to be back to not worrying about inflation. Um, prices are going up again, I think. Uh, used car prices certainly are. I keep looking at those. What, uh, what, what What's your feel? Is there going to be no policy in the next 10 months So we're waiting for the election or actually 10 and a half? Um, are we going to just, if we have to put money in the system, we will worry about it after the election. I mean, what do you, what do you think happens here? Well, I think the Fed wants to lower interest rates um, because it knows that it's probably the start of a recession. And that recession has been delayed because of all the fiscal stimulus we had. I mean, if we were in such... A robust economy. Why would we need one to two trillion dollars in fiscal deficits every year? So I think the the, the largesse of these fiscal deficits are the reason why we haven't uh, officially been in a recession. Because when you inject that much government spending in the economy, you're gonna you're gonna prolong the recession. So I think the Fed knows that we're it's not going to be a soft landing. They want to lower interest rates. Um, but the problem with lowering interest rates is that the federal funds rate is actually set by the interest on reserves rate, which is just a dictate from the Fed. And it has to raise that federal funds rate via the interest on reserves rate, which is a price floor. It has to raise that to keep all that money it's printed in the banking system. So if it, if it lowers the interest on reserves rate a little bit, it's like lowering the height of a dam when the dam is filled with water. You lower the height of the dam, all that money is gonna come pouring out over the top of the dam. So I think the Fed wants to lower interest rates, but I think they're gonna realize that they can't because once they start lowering it, those reserves that it's printed are gonna come flooding out of the economy and cause even more inflation. Well, so I, think it's, I think it's already starting to be honest with you. Yeah, but and in order to keep that money from coming out over top of the dam, is they actually have to raise the interest on reserves rate because it's a binding price floor. Well, what uh, right now they, they they have a, I think they have an issue with, you know, like you say, if, if you put more money into the system, you're gonna you're gonna creep the, the numbers up again. But when you when you say recession, this is a, not at you, but I, I almost wanna, I almost wanna laugh because in this day and age. Uh, what is what did Lou used to call Matty Weber a moral relativist? <laughs> um, everybody's there's no such thing as morals. Everybody gets to define them on their own. I mean, nobody goes to, yeah exactly. I mean, yeah. Nobody goes to church and has a nun tell you no, that's wrong. I mean, of course, we don't want nuns anymore. We, we don't want oh, nobody wants to church. Ben, our, the pastor tells us what we do is wrong. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm saying, but you're, but that's not popular. It's 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 no, it's not. No, no I no, it, it's it's okay for me. You know, everybody you guys, has to be a god in their own little world. Yeah, right? every yeah. I mean, it's a but the the. The idea that nothing right I mean, right now, I think you're absolutely correct when you say we're not going to have this quote recession by the way those people define it. But no, if you no. but if you look at you look at how many people in the, in the in the country 
have more spending power than the year before, which is my new definition. Now that I'm a, I'm a relativist, you can't keep saying that because the major number is fine, that the 90 percent of the people that are that are suffering are are, are fine. And that's we want to. What, what, what did the guy say in the movie? Don't don't piss on my boots and tell me it's raining. Uh, you know, yeah, you, the major league. No, it was on. Uh, was it was in a western? Was, that a major it, it was in a western. Oh, okay. Major League is I when the guy. The coach. No, no. When, uh, major League is when the guy said, uh, "My contract says I don't have to do push-ups or something," <laughs> and, he, and he wings the contract on the ground and peed on the contract. That's right. But he, he didn't say he didn't say a word. He just that was, that was his response. Here, I'm not going to say yeah. a word. Here, just like okay then. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't see how if you total up everything that some that anybody up to the. 85th to 88th percentile if you total up everything they bought last year versus their and how much more it cost them the year before versus their raise I'm going to say they're in a recession yeah yeah I think it's probably why you have record number of people with multiple jobs well and you have you have contentious elections somebody's yeah. somebody want I mean I have you know we talked earlier about the Trump phenomenon people want somebody to stop the BS I happen to think yeah. he's the wrong guy but I, I absolutely agree with the notion that we need somebody in there who doesn't just go along or isn't isn't somehow controlled by somebody whoever the somebody is well, you know with the Lloyd Austin Department of Defense secretary uh, fiasco where he just doesn't tell anybody that he's gonna go get some surgery and it goes south and he has to stay in the hospital longer while his the undersecretary of defense is on vacation and nobody notices it nobody tells the president that just makes me think, or convinces me further, gives me further evidence of this idea that who we think is running the country is not who's running the country. Who's uh, running the country is the administrative state. Well, you also and have I mean, been... The, president, one, your, the president, can go, the president can go along with it, and his cabinet members can go along with it, or they, they don't. And when they don't go along with it, uh, they get pushed back. And Chuck Schumer told us what happens. What will happen if you don't go along with the national security state, right? They'll yeah. come after you. That's what... Well, what, do you, what did you listen so on? Did you listen on Friday when uh, Mike Murphy was on talking about, you know, he's our, our army guy. We'll lose our Air Force guy. Uh, when Mike was talking about it, that if something like you know the strike against uh, the places in uh, Yemen, mm-hmm. he said that's all. All the that all comes up from the, the different army, navy, air force, or he's like the song, you know. He said that's all comes out of was it CENTCOM in in, in Florida? They're all making plans because they think they might have to do this they're trying to they they coordinate sort of everybody it all comes out of this army hub or this armed forces hub in florida then it goes to the various places in europe or whoever's going to do it so it's all amazingly well organized and, and and they all talk to each other it's not like when carter went to iran and there were no seals team six no none of the none of the groups talk to each other he says it's, it's actually really well streamlined you almost i won't say it's in the world the, the guy who's the head of the, the, the Department of Defense probably isn't even involved once somebody else says we're going yeah, to no, do it. Yeah, yeah. But I also think, you know, I, I know the, the people on the right are all over us to a huge extent. I, I don't I don't think the guy threw away his cell phone, and if it went off saying President Biden, I have a feeling he was going to answer it, don't you? I mean, I just... Well, to, you know, to, to me, though, to me, I mean, I'm not going off on it because I don't like the guy. Well, to me, I'm, I'm just pointing out the fact that, boy, you know, I doesn't need to be there. He, he can be gone for two weeks. The the un, while he's gone, the undersecretary can be gone. That just tells me 
that what we what we think is going on is not what's going on. But but how do you how do you how do you know? The administrator I mean, is really running the running the show. I, I, I'm with you. Today. I mean, the 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 efficiency and, and the way that the uh, information gets back and forth. I mean, in, in the White House, to me, would have to be an amazing situation. Who gets access to what mm-hmm. stuff? But I, what I'd what I'd like to find out, and you know, of course, nobody would ever. The, the the right has already figured out that the guy was in the hospital and just dodged himself. I'd like. To, what if what if the right or me? What if you, what if you found out the guy, the guy when he was in there for the five days had you know four hundred phone calls with people, that he was on top of everything. I I don't know that that happened. I don't know that it didn't. Does anybody know that? He didn't have his phone or wasn't talking to people all day long. I mean, how does anybody know? I, I just don't think that he was picking up the phone. And the reason why I think that is because I don't think... I think these people are just figureheads. I think the national security state, the administrators, are the ones that uh, run the government. And if you go along with them, they're going to treat you nice. If you don't go along with them, they're going to treat you pretty rough. At, at some level, I mean, I absolutely... If, if we... Uh... I mean, think about this, Tom. We were talking about this with regard to oil. You know, oil production in the United States is uh, topped what it was under the Trump administration, yeah. which was then an all-time high, uh, and it's now on a trajectory to continue the pre-COVID trajectory. It has—it's not on trend yet, but it's back on. Yeah. This, it's parallel. The, the trends are parallel, and you know, this president has uh, not been friendly to oil. Allegedly, with allegedly. With, with his words, right? Yeah. With yeah. his words, but you know, some people want the oil. And that oil is going to be produced. I, I think the, the oil industry wants it or not. The oil industry is alive and well under every administration. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so, they're, they're, so the, the president is not really running the show. But how many the people? people aren't running the show. But we've had people. we've had people on the show, and I, I, I tried to point this out on the oil, and I, I know that the, that the position of this administration are that they're not oil friendly. Stated. The, the stated the words, position. Yeah. The words. Yeah. And, and so. Uh, so somebody wrote back, I don't know what's coming, or somebody said, what about refining capacity? And I, I went in there, and I've, I got this other... You can, you can find all this stuff, which is even yeah. more bizarre. If I can find it, somebody good can really find it. And our refinery capacity is... We're still not getting anywhere near the top of our refining capacity, even though maybe the top is not what it was 15 years ago. We're still not anywhere near the top. And then yeah. and one, thing, and one thing you so can always... So there's a lot of capacity left in the system. Yeah, plus you, you can always... One thing you can always do is when you talk about federal lands, and somebody, one of the listeners or somebody wrote in and said, Chief, you're forgetting about they took back all these leases on federal lands. And I, I dug something up. Uh, of course, nobody wants to hear this crap. But I, I, I dug something up and it had to do hell with how many million acres of federal lands are out there for oil lease and how, how few of them have ever been developed. And a lot of the big oil companies like to have the lease for like not very much money, just so they can say their reserves went up, even though they're a zillion miles from the pipeline, they're a zillion miles from the road, they're never gonna they're never gonna drill there. So you you can you can strip back ten percent of federal leases, and you can tell the you know the, 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 the tree hugger far left and how much you're doing, and they're cheering you. And it, it doesn't make any difference. <laughs> I, mean, See, right? I, think, I think the real story. I think the real story of the oil situation is that the Regulators have devised a system that benefit the big drillers. Oh yeah, and so the big drillers can hold on to these leases, and they don't cost very much. And what that does is it prevents a, a, an independent guy from going out and poking holes. And so you have this cartelized industry uh, that government kind of runs and kind of dictates. 
uh, or it creates for the uh, uh, benefit of these very large drillers. So it's all anti-competitive. But it, it's also I, we used to we used to go. Uh, and I'm, yeah, I can say this. Uh, we used to go to these. Uh, you ever go to all those money shows? Money shows. Yeah, Greg. Did you, ever go, did you ever go to one of those things? The money show. If you go to the if you go to the money show, do you get to see a Bitcoin Is that and the strip club? No, not the strip club. You, you see me. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever I find my producers, no, that's not the strip club. <laughs> this guy would run these these money shows. Anybody who wanted essentially to separate people from their money, but the CPOE ended up becoming a big participant on option trading or an option education. So we would have. Are know, those money shows like the change banks on Saturday night? No, Friday? some some couple used to run it. Some couple used Remember to run the change it. bank. The other, we can make change. The guy, the, guy, the, the guy could have been a Charles Schwab double. He looked just like him. But he and his wife, but the, the genius part was they charge you to go to the show to be a, dis, you know, a booth, and they charge you to, to be a participant. Real cheap. But, but she was also a travel agent, so she'd book your stuff if you wanted her to. Which, uh-huh. Anyway, but they were, uh, was it Kim Ginfler? Was that their name? I'm not so sure they're still doing them, but they were huge. There'd be a massive you know exposition hall in Vegas, and the CBOE would have a booth, and you know, I was a market maker, but I was also on a marketing committee. I was chairman. So I'd man the booth around, pass out stuff. But then there would be probably four or five lectures where people from the uh, Options Institute would come out and teach people about options and so forth. And I'd be, <laughs> me or somebody else would be the market maker there. They could ask questions from, and, and I'd talk some. I mean, you know, I was okay at that. Anyway, so, so it was more of a finance conference. Oh, yeah, but but whatever you, there were, you know what, you know what numismatic people are? No, uh, people that collect coins, numismatic. Oh, okay. they'd, but they'd have they'd have a huge display. Then there'd be somebody who's doing uh, uh, vending machines on toll roads. I mean, whatever investment you could even begin to think of was at this place. Really? But there'd always be twenty or thirty uh, oil and gas deals. And One thing I, I always wanted to do is open up a business that built not a dishwasher, but a larger version of it, a, a bathroom. That you can just install into your house where you just hook it up with water and it, it looks like a tiled bathroom but it's just a bathroom that you install in a new construction project that way when you close the door you can push a button and the bathroom cleans itself well just a big huge <laughs> thing comes out of the bottom like a sprinkler and cleans the whole place and down the drain it goes it does yeah it'd be great you just push a button well one thing i i, I won't say that, that because, does happen sometimes yeah that does in Totally contained, so it doesn't leak. Well, right? make, make, the towels never crack. Greg is all. Greg knows a real lot about the restaurant industry and those kinds of things, and, and there are places that are like that, right, Greg? Yes. You walk in and you just yeah, you push the button and it cleans itself, right? But anyway, the and we got to go to break here. But the not to say that the guys in the oil and gas deals uh, usually had the most attractive ladies manning the booths, right? Because what you in order to do you, first the reason why do you get an attractive lady to man the booth? Okay. Because the people that well, come, well, that's why you have an attractive woman behind the bar. Well, right, but this is what they do is if, say, for instance, I'm a massive money manager, which we did never went as a money manager. I always went for the CBOE, but I'm a massive money manager, and my minimum is million dollars. Say, well, you want you want somebody talking to the young lady, uh, and she pre-qualifies the person before they get to you. The last thing you want is somebody, well, not being a I didn't do that, so I'm just saying the last thing those guys want is to is to is talk all week to people with fifty bucks in their pocket. 
because yeah. they're not even potential clients. It's their job to weed out the potential client from somebody else. So the person you talk to, at least if you you know present yourself well, they're capable of being a client. Anyway, but whenever he's on break and stuff, they talk to anybody. So I go to all these oil and gas guys. I, I, I got a huge respect you know, for how different they all are. They're, you can't just say it's an oil deal or a gas deal. The detail is, is four inches thick of the documents. There's, yeah. there's places that have well, 100 wells in, say, a county. They might be gas wells. It, virtually 99% of them, when you dig because there's gas underneath the whole county, um, you're going to get this much return. And, oh, by the way, for your million bucks investment or 200000 or whatever it is, you got like a 99% chance of getting a 10% return uh, for the next 25 years before the thing kind of plays out or whatever, wears out or whatever happens. So you, you can go ahead and do that. And then, there's stuff, then there's stuff that is, is totally nobody's ever drilled in this area before. We think there's a lot of stuff there, satellite and all this other stuff. says we've, we've uh, got oil here. We got there, There's nothing that says you're going to get anything, but if you do, it's probably going to be a, you know, a, a, a blast, or whatever we used to call those things, a geyser. Uh, you know, so there, there's all kinds, of, and one of them struck my mind, because he ended up becoming a client of ours, real nice guy. Well, he, he's dead a while, but he, he was involved in one deal. They bought this big spot up in Alaska, not in, not in the North Slope, but somewhere. And it was bought in 1953 by Standard Oil of Indiana. I remember them. Then they... But there wasn't a road or a pipeline within hundreds of miles of the place. So yeah. like 10 years later, they sold to somebody else. Then they sold to somebody else. Finally, it was like 1983, and they put a road within like three miles of the place. And these guys are all giddy now, but they wanted, they're looking for money to drill there. And if they drilled, they were going to be able to put a pipeline essentially on the, on the ground down to some place where they could put the, put the oil in trucks. Now all of a sudden it became... I mean, it, it, every single well, every single fee, field is different. So for people to say, ah, these oil guys, these gas guys, this is what they No, it's not true at all. It's like, it's like you know, there's no such, there's no such thing as a, re- a routine delivery of a baby. They're not all the same, right? Oh, no. Every, every, every transaction in my yeah. is unique. Every human's unique, right? In every, but, every situation. But it's a and fascinating industry. And the people in there are talking about in 1953, it sold to this place, this place. They didn't care who was president. All they cared about is as soon as they got a road close enough, now they were going to drill. I mean, it, it had nothing to do with the politics. It was business. Anyway, S&P Futures down 13. We're coming back here. And Nasdaq Futures down 52. Be right back. Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is $7.99 
online on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control! Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tamara Greg Pappas on the board. SP Futures down 13. NASDAQ Futures down 50. We're down more than that. Uh, Dow Futures down 101 individual stocks in the Dow. Actually, Goldman Sachs up 575. Uh, they have earnings. They had earnings today. They must be pretty good. We did not do anything in there. Microsoft up another 378. Is they're now, I think they're the most valuable company. They surpassed Apple. They go up every day. Nobody, they don't. They don't want to pay taxes. They uh, can be a monopolist. They can do whatever they want. But if you have Microsoft a stock, you're doing very, very well and have for like, quite a while. Uh, Nvidia up 250. It was actually down five. Then it was up 230. It's up 230. This looks like the bigger stocks are, are cruising a little bit here this morning, even though the averages are down. Over in Europe, we've got. DAX down 67.4%, FTSE down 22.3%, CAC around down 21.3%, so they're down but a little bit, not much, uh, not much very much. Oh, Hugo Boss down 12%, uh, there goes your wardrobe, Greg, just saying. Uh, Renasia, we've got Nikkei down 282.8%, uh, uh, but they're still on almost a 35-year high. Hang Seng, look at this, down 350, under 16,000, 15,865. We have Al, uh, Hal, uh, opine about what's going on over there and is, is it going to bother us at some point. Shanghai is up 7, 28.93, but still under 2,900. So Chinese markets uh, are not healthy at all, uh, haven't been for a while. Friday, remember back to Friday, Dow was down 118, S&P up 3, NASDAQ futures up 2. So it was a very slow inside day on Friday. Today we've got bonds up 5 basis points, but we've just ducked back under 4%. We were over for 3.997. So when I say just under 4%, I mean it. Uh, Bun down one basis point, 2.19. Japan up four to 0.60, which they kind of been for it forever, it seems. Uh, oil up 40 cents, 73.08. Brent up 77 cents, 78.92. Uh, natural gas down almost 30 cents, 3.01. I'm trying to duck back under three bucks. We've been cold. Looks like it's be warmer next week. So still the demand on gas this winter has not been huge yet. Arbob uh, up six cents, 2.18. We've got gold, which was up on Friday, pretty much. We are retreating off that today. Down 16 bucks, 20.35. Uh, silver down 20 cents. It was up like 40 cents on Friday. So whenever that's up, you know, it doesn't want to stay up yet. It doesn't want to break out. It comes right back down and meets the seller. Uh, copper up 3 cents, 3.77. We've got Bitcoin, which has all kinds of stuff going on lately with the ETFs. Up 279, 42,922. And the U.S. dollar uh, is actually pretty strong here this morning with the euro down to under 109 which it hasn't been for a while 108.9 and the uh, british pound 126.6 so the dollar is very strong this morning uh what do you got for us trevi weather sports morning everyone 7:38 a.m here um let's see chicago negative two right now winter storm morning it feels like negative 10 it's actually going to feel like negative 20 uh as we progress in the day cold in phoenix 43 right now sunny 70 and 70 today there. Traffic is light inbound Kennedy from Montrose is 12 minutes from Lake Cook is 26 minutes. Eisenhower in from Wolf 18 minutes. The Ryan from 95th into the interchange is 13 minutes and the Stevenson from 294 to the Ryan is 16 minutes. 
Sports, we got a lot. NFL, Browns lose the Texans, Dolphins lose the Chiefs. Packers win at Cowboys, Lions beat the Rams, that one was closer. Bills win at the Steelers, and the Bucks beat the Eagles, that was NFL playoffs and NBA. Bulls lose at Cavs, and college basketball, uh, Champaign lost to Maryland at home, and Wisconsin beat Northwestern. Otherwise, get to warm areas, remove wet clothing, warm up with layers, and remember warm water on frostbitten skin, not hot water. Yes. That's all I got, Chief. Back to you. For those uh, who have any interest whatsoever, I had some iced tea in my truck. I brought a bottle in and was just able to take the first swig after, what, an hour and 40 minutes? Talk about iced tea, Greg. Frozen tea? Frozen tea. Now it's a now it's a tea sickle. Just saying. Could add some vodka in there. So what the... Hey, Al, uh, we have to talk a little bit. We don't have to, but we, I'm, 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 I'm always uh, intrigued, as you all know, by just about everything. The, the whole issue with the, the game not being on regular TV on Saturday night, uh, be interesting to see how that all winds out. Um, I talked to somebody last night who signed up for it, and, and as soon as the game was over, canceled his subscription. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm sure that happened. But yeah. did, you, did you actually watch how it all played out? We went to uh, uh, the game played out, or the uh, well. We went the, to Audrey and I went to dinner at this uh, friend of hers. The first time, well, I, I'd met him before because they'd come to Audrey's place and they signed all the papers. Uh, real nice couple. So we go over there and uh, they just bought this town home and they'd done some remodeling. The guy did some beautiful work on, on tables and bar and stuff. It was really interesting. Uh, so he's got this, you know, big huge TV, and we're as as maybe it ought to be or should be or is. He and I are, are BSing downstairs watching the first game, and the ladies are upstairs. God knows what talking about us probably. But uh, anyway, so they all come down, and we're watching the, the first game, and he, and he he had been a member of, uh, what was it, something plus? Was it Peacock Plus? But he but he yeah. dumped it. And he said, they, even though I dumped it, they still charged me for two more months before I had to call him up and tell him, no, I, I'm dumping you idiots. Uh, so anyway, he goes, no, I, I don't have it. Well, we watched the first game. And all of a sudden, you're watching the whole warm-up for the second game. And I said, well, are you sure you don't have it? No, I don't, I don't have it. I don't think so. And uh, they, It was all a big teaser. You watch the whole warm-up, and then all of a sudden, the three talking heads, and now they all stand up in the real tight suit coats, and they stand up and talk. They, they, the, game, the other game starts, you know, that, that he didn't sign up for. And you get these three guys talking, and, it'll, and maybe a quarter of the screen... You can see the game, and then they'll cut away, and you miss about three or four plays, and then you cut back. They kept this up for the whole quarter, oh, trying to entice you, keep telling you, if you call right now, you can get it. <laughs> this went on for like the whole quarter, and finally they cut away to some survival sort of thing, and then it was <clears> over. But for the whole the whole quarter, the tease was on, with these three guys talking about God knows what, and them kind of showing you like every other play, you know, to where... Well, let me ask you this question, Tom. What game was it? It was... Kansas, Kansas City, City uh, right? Miami. Kansas City, Miami. And who was in attendance of that game? Taylor Swift. So I think there's, they, I think they picked, the NFL picked the Kansas City game to sucker all the Taylor Swifties who are now NFL football fans into signing up for a service maybe they hadn't signed up for. So I think there's no coincidence. It's not a coincidence that it was the Taylor Swift NFL wildcard game. So you, you, you would pay just to see a picture of her and then the – in her, uh, well, people are Kansas people City. are tuning in. People who who probably never watched NFL football before are tuning in in the hopes of seeing this pop star 
billionaire pop star cheering on her boyfriend, right? So I, I don't think it. I don't think it's a coincidence that it was the Kansas City game, and it was just. It was. I think it was just clickbait uh, to get a bunch of people to sign up, hoping they forget that they're signed up for it, because that's what happens when people sign up for these services, right? They look in their chain account uh, balance, uh, the statement, five months later, and like we're still getting billed for this, because people. That's what people do. They'll 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 sign up for it, and what. NBC's hoping for is that they forget that they signed up for it, and then they can uh, extract that fee from them every month. So I think that's all, all it was. Is NBC needed needs to get people to start paying for its uh, streaming service. What uh, my my I guess a question, and you know this this would be Greg's job. He's our he's our producer. We got to get somebody on who really knows the industry. I, I have to believe that if, if PTI is running a commercial in the first game. Or stocks and jacks, uh, it's got to be twice as much money as the second game because there's no way they had as many people watching the second game as the first game. Yeah, you know the thing about the streaming services. I'm not sure if you noticed this, but man, uh, I have Hulu and we have live TV on Hulu. And what I liked about YouTube is I could fast forward through the commercials. Now, when I when I record a, a football game. Um, I want to record. I want to record it and watch it after the game's over with. So I don't want to hear what happened. I'm fast forwarding, and I can't, I got to watch the commercials. Yeah, they they started doing the, that on uh, so, some of the uh, the things you tape on a couple of the channels. You can only you can't. And all that's gonna do. All that's gonna do to me is I'm not gonna watch the game because I don't want to watch the commercials. I want to fast forward through all the comments here. I want to go from play to play, and I want to watch the game in about forty minutes. Right. So if they're gonna do that to me. I'm less likely to watch the game. Well, what do they do if uh, now my my little trick, for lack of a better term, is if I'm watching, even, well, the Bears are, are you can't really watch those guys through, especially if you're by yourself. So what I do is I, I turn them on and I put them on, you know, on hold or pause or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then I go back on the computer and I get some articles together and stuff for the people that are going to be on the show or or just send anything I find interesting and send you know I send it out to you guys and uh and I have, I'm going to. When it's a half hour, I go back and I and I buzz through it. It takes me fifteen minutes, and I put it on pause again for the second half. I go back and work some more. <laughs> but I mean, you know what, what? What I do is what I've been doing on Hulu is I've been watching one game until the commercial comes, and then I'll go to the other game and I'll rewind it to the commercial, and I'll go back and forth to get to avoid the commercials. One one of the guys who used to live the, the same guy I told you was he was supposed to drive our limousine, Jr. Poor guy, nice guy, but he. Um, he died young. Uh, here's a guy. His dad had uh, the peanut concession for Dodger Stadium. It's like you know somebody's peanuts, and he had his huge peanut concession. So he says to Jr. when he gets out of college, "Hey, Jr., do you want the uh, you want the family business? Nah, that's all right. You can keep it." <laughs> okay. And all he did was make money. You know, and selling peanuts. And, you know, he could have done God knows what from there. Ah, I don't want it. Screw it. <laughs> I don't know what the old man do. I think oh, he sold man, it. I would have, I would have loved if my dad left me that kind of opportunity. Yeah. Plus, it was fun. You had baseball teams or your, or your clients and stuff. I mean, it's not you know. Yeah. But he says, Nah, I don't want to do it. But, but he, I don't know what happened to him. But he he, he died young. He uh, he uh, he'd get the remote control and he would do that with TV shows. As soon as he got the commercial, he'd go to another show and I go, Jared, uh, give me the remote. I'm gonna wring your neck. I don't care what we watch. Just Let's watch it. I can't watch a part of all four different shows. What's the matter with you? What do you mean? I can do that in football, though. I can do that in football. Yeah, and basketball. Oh, yeah, I just you can't can. stand the commercials in the commentary. 
Oh yeah, it's it's it's. So what uh, if you were, if you had a big, uh, if you're advising clients like like I do, uh, sometime which is which is because some of the stuff really people don't necessarily want to hear, and I understand why they don't want to hear it. I mean, if you have a diversified portfolio, let's put it this way: you don't even need a bunch of different stocks. I don't even need that example. I mean, if you had, uh, say, we put somebody, we put after a discussion. I, mean, I like I like to do the indexes, hence the protected index program, because I don't. I mean, I, I don't want to be the guy in the banking things where we're all going over for banks, and me to pick the one bank where the, you know, the president's doing God knows what he's doing and the place goes under. I, I, I just get this eerie feeling that the last thing I want to do is is you know pick two stocks in an industry, and and uh, out of ten I could have, and those two are the clunkers, and I'd rather buy the index and buy all twelve or all ten. So anyway, but last year, if you picked a third, a third, a third of the Russell S&P and, uh, and Q's, I mean, the, obviously the Q's outdistanced everything. I mean, the Russell was actually down until a few weeks ago. Uh, ended up up, and it, but the Q's ran away and hid with, this, with the big stacks. Now, really, the discussion this year is, okay, let's say we put a million dollars in all three. You probably wouldn't have because yet Russell, you wouldn't have done as much, but let's say you did. Put a million dollars in all three. Well, now your 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 QQQ piece, you know, is worth a million three hundred. It's up thirty percent. Uh, your S and P's a million two, and let's say the Russell gained a little bit. Uh, they finally did the last month of the year, but they were down most of the year. So now what you'd like to say is, okay, if we're gonna if we want to be a third, a third, a third, if we thought that was the right decision, we really need to sell a little little of the Q's and sprinkle it to the Russell. And then for, for somebody to say, why would I sell my winners to buy more of what you know was a loser up until the last week? Well, if, if this is the diversification you're looking for, or if we don't want to be more than one-third in any one of the index, or one-tenth in any stock, we're now unbalanced. The reason why we're unbalanced is one side did so well. So this is not a horrible conversation to have. It's actually a good conversation to have because one outperformed so much, we got a winner. But why would I want to sell my winner? Because we can't trade last year, we got to trade this year. Now, do you think that the Qs are going to outperform again this year to that extent? Well, no. Okay, well, if you don't, then... But these are these seem like they would be easy discussions, Hal, but they're sort of not. I mean, last year, everybody wanted to be... After, when I say last year, 2023, after the last part of 2022, everybody wanted out of the big stocks because they were down all year, and they wanted in oils and dividends. And then as the year progressed, of course, everybody you know wanted absolutely back in the other stuff, and to the point where oils and dividends didn't do squat last year. I mean, I think the XLE might have been down. Uh, metals did a little bit, you know. So now all of a sudden you're looking at to, to look to try and trade the year ahead is very difficult. People always want to try in the year, the year behind. Let's buy the winners and sell the losers. It's, it's a tough combination to have. I mean, how do you? How would you address that this year? What do you think? What what sectors do you think are going to outperform? I mean, I, I don't know anything about the banks. If you say banks, that's fine. But what, how can you how can you tell the sectors a year in advance? I guess is my question. Well, I think I think you got to look at the Fed. What does the Fed want to do? The Fed wants to inflate. So uh, when the Fed inflates, what happens? SP five hundred goes up. Uh, Bitcoin probably goes up. Um, what I would do if I was a young person, if I bought my first house, I would never sell it. Uh, I would use the equity to buy, buy a second house. So I'd have a real estate position. And I'd learn how to 
you know, do some plumbing, how to fix boilers or HVAC systems. So you don't have to rely on a really high price labor to do that. So I'd, I would learn how to do that stuff. And then I would probably just uh, buy a, a low load, zero cost SP 500 fund and maybe put some money in some Bitcoin because what is the, what, what's going to happen over a long period of time? The Fed's going to inflate, right? And so you want to be in stuff that's going to be affected by that inflation. What's your and what's your feeling? What if I was a young guy, what's your feeling on this on this Bitcoin phenomenon? I, I, uh, I think Bitcoin is really just a hedge against inflation. I think it, it, it's an anarcho-capitalist alternative currency, and it gets a bad rap because people will claim, and these are probably usually state actors or people that support the state. They'll say it's you know dark money for illegal activity. I don't, that's probably happening, but you could say that about cash. I think Bitcoin is uh, uh, something that somebody came up with because they probably viewed the central bankers as criminals, which I think they are, who, who destroyed their own their 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 um, the, the the currency of the nation, and so you have this Bitcoin, right? There's only so much of it, and people hold it as a hedge against inflation for the most part. And I mean, if you look at what what happened during the pandemic, man. Bitcoin went way up during the pandemic. Why? Because the Fed was creating all kinds of inflation. So I think I think Bitcoin itself, not the other not the other cryptos, but I think Bitcoin itself. If you own the Bitcoin itself and you have the keys, that's a good place to protect yourself against inflation. But uh, you might want to have a little gold. Um, we but hell, without getting well, this this Bitcoin thing, it's it's I'm a I'm a classical currency sort of guy. I mean, and I, I would agree with you. That the uh, central banks are doing their best to lower the value of their stuff in relation to other things. I mean, we preach that yeah. all the time on the show, you and I. Yeah. However, the value is not zero. And if somebody comes up with an alternative currency that wants to hold value, I actually think that that's probably not a bad idea, and somebody should maybe do that. But the idea of the alternative currency being worth zero, which it is, in my opinion... And now, but now it, it's not—it's not a currency. We want it to trade like a stock, and go well, up. Well, you got to remember, Tom. Value is subjective. It, it's up to the individual, and some uh, individuals highly value it. Uh, okay. You do, you do not, but others highly. But value I'm saying, it. At, at the end of the day, I—I I, I mean, uh, you, there's nothing behind it except a computer algorithm. That's what I'm saying. And, and yeah, it's a computer algorithm, and maybe some capped oil wells that uh, some Bitcoin harvesters are using to power their. Uh, their uh, their mining operations, but other than that, I mean, it's it's not tangible. But really, is the dollar tangible? I mean, I mean, you got a piece of paper. Well, but it, but, it, but I'm saying just because um, the, the the central banks are sneakily lowering the value of the dollar vis-a-vis the S- I don't think they're doing a very sneaky job. Okay, well, they're, they're, well, to most know, to right most face, in well, to mo- but you and I are. are Let's put it this way: I'm not a one percenter as a jockey, but maybe we're one percenters by watching what the Fed's doing. The rest of the world yeah. isn't doing that. I mean, uh, and, you know, the other the other rest of the world is not a PhD economist that knows about currency theory. I mean, they're, they're just not. I mean, but then again, we don't know what they what they know. We don't. You don't want you and I taking out somebody's appendix, right? No, we don't want to be doing that. Uh, well, not so much we don't. They don't want us to do it. Um, but I could probably find somebody that would be willing for me to do it and willing to pay me, but uh, yeah, yeah, bad yeah. outcome. Let's just say if the incision is supposed to be two inches, it would be about two feet by the time <laughs> you and I got done. Uh, but the, 
but, doctor, 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 doctor. But I mean, if, if 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 it is an alternative currency, which like I said, I don't, I I'm, I wouldn't not be a bit surprised, if, except they can't organize it, and it's very difficult to do. If five countries got together and create and created the hal, and said the hal is worth uh, one one hal is worth a cup of oil, and oh by the way, here's all the oil we have behind it. I could see that happening in a heartbeat. But the idea that we're just going to, you know, have some kung fu guy come out of the mountains, put something together, claim that nobody can get into the system, which I, I find be total BS. And uh, and the idea that, that you bought $300,000 worth of Bitcoin five years ago and you croaked without giving anybody your keys and none of your family can get into it, that that's just going to stay there forever and, and nobody's ever going to find it, I, I, I find that... So ludicrous, hell! Wait, I can't even. I can't even here, go here's there. The counter, here, here's the counter to that. I always bring this up in my class. Lithium, 100 years ago, you know, it's very rare um, earth um, metal mineral, very rare, right? Not very valuable. Uh, people really didn't want to buy it. I think they gave it to rich wives. You know, doctors prescribed it 100 years ago to rich wives for some reason. But now that has a use, it is valuable. What about gold? I mean, gold. Was a nice shiny, but but gold, thing. but gold, it, it, it didn't corrode. But gold but is what something. Purpose, but what what purpose did it serve? Other than, you know, three hundred years ago, what purpose did it serve? It looks beautiful, right? But there are other things that look. But beautiful. but the difference so is, I think a lot of these choices are kind of arbitrary. Except the gold is something. You, you, yeah, you can use but it. You can use it for the age of electronics. I mean, other than, you know, coating a watch with it to make it look pretty, which you can do with paint. I mean, wait a minute. It's wait kind minute. of arbitrary. So yeah, you'd be one of the guys that would paint somebody's watch and tell them it was gold. <laughs> now, now, well, now, now we know his true colors, Greg. <laughs> all, I'm, all I'm saying is people, uh, people who value something, they do so for a reason. Okay, and, and it really doesn't matter if the, it's the difference is or emotional. Well, well, I remember the line from classical currency theory is, at some point, every currency will drop to the value of its. Of it, of its was a, of it, if its innate value, whether yeah. if, whether it was in the prison camps, if it was cigarettes, which was the currency well, I think for. That kind of, I think that kind of thinking is why Marxist labor theory um, is so wrong because it's not the labor that uh, uh, is the reason why it's valuable. You know, you don't people jumping in the ocean to uh, pull up, you know, harvest pearls from the ocean. That labor is not what provides us the value. The person jumps in the ocean to get the pearl because somebody will pay a lot of money for it. So it's not the labor that provides the value. It's the fact that somebody out there values it. And if Bitcoin becomes widespread and it can be used for transactions at Macy's or it can be used to pay taxes, then everybody's going to want to hold it. Uh, okay, right? what I'm saying is the, the if it's a currency... It's supposed to maintain some kind of value, but the thing trades like a stock. That's that's the part I don't get. Well, like, I don't think it trades like a stock. I what what does it trade like? It, tra- it trades well, exactly like a stock. By the way, that, it's, just so you know, it's, that's a correlation. That's not a causation. I don't I don't, I don't, want, I don't want to sentence you to this, but if, yeah. if you if you listen to all the Bitcoin people all day long, I don't. I don't it, listen. To okay, them. it's it's not an it's not a currency. Now it's become an alternative asset. It yeah. was essentially well, made I, up. 
But this goes back to this idea that causation is correlation. I think it's correlated to the stock market. Why do I say that? Because the stock market is correlated to the Fed creating the business but, cycle. But you also... When the Fed prints a bunch of money, it inflates I, all kinds of assets. You're not going to get any argument out of me by saying that if the Fed doubles the amount of money in circulation, every stock is going to double. Yeah, I, and I mean, Bitcoin I mean, will double, too. I mean, I'm not, Probably more than double. Okay, okay but, but the difference is... An individual stock, which Bitcoin is now trading like, in my opinion, if an individual stock all of a sudden one day, if uh, I'm looking at JetBlue, all of a sudden if they find out that their, their, their balance sheet's been cooked and they don't have a penny of, of equity anywhere, JetBlue's going to go to zero because because it, it, oh, it, it has no value. So, and the part of Bitcoin in, that I find fascinating and, and troublesome... It has no value to the... People who want to either sell or buy the stock, but JetBlue has, you know, planes and well, but but not not if they they don't have them if if they're all owed to somebody else. Yeah, I mean, but what, what I'm saying is, if, if you go out and buy people, you go out and buy a car tomorrow yeah. for hundred grand, and you get a loan for hundred grand, you don't own it. Well, you don't you don't purchase the art because of the labor that was used to create the art. You purchase the art because it does something to you, and you value what. It, what it, okay, but, but so, colors, right? so you're saying I should pay 50 grand for Bitcoin because they have a warm and fuzzy feeling for the, the guy with the beard no, that I came th- out of the mountain. I think you can buy a portion of a Bitcoin, and because the Fed is going to create inflation, that Bitcoin is going to go up. And if you sell it in the future, okay. you're going to be able to convert it into cash. Well, we got a dash. Your, your bank account's going to be higher. In terms of relative value, I agree with everything you say, but if it's going to trade like a stock, I want to know what the stock is worth. But it trades like a stock because the Fed creates the business cycle and it creates the inflation. Okay, well, why don't why don't we have a hell? Why why shouldn't it be trading fifty thousand tomorrow? Well, what is it? Well, it's nothing, but it's trading. 50. Uh, well, you know, Hal is just some guy's opinion on uh, Twitter. I, I don't want my my whole issue with with this. I don't you know I don't really give a crap what people do with their dough except for the part that I'm watching. Yeah. Okay, but when you get the hype, and I know people that. Have gotten mortgages for people a second mortgage on a house, and they went out and bought Bitcoin because it was going up. I don't think they should be doing that. Well, I'm saying I'm not saying, that, that. I'm saying that's what yeah. people. I'm not saying leverage we, the Bitcoin purchases. But what what thing you you have yet not done? I mean, we'll talk about it next week. Is what the Fed has done to matter of fact, this would be a great topic for us next week. I don't know why I didn't didn't do it today. What the Fed has done it, it is it has totally dissolved any sort of. Uh, people's ability to 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 uh, use the term value any kind of an investment. I mean, you, oh yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. So 100%. so it's it's not that is criminal. It's it's I mean, it's not like I'm buying a Bitcoin for forty six grand and I say okay, what what are you getting for it? What do you mean I'm getting a Bitcoin? Well, does it return anything? Does it? Yeah. I mean, I mean there there'll be people that I can argue with over a beer and say what, what's wrong with with somebody buying. Of paying five billion dollars for a football team, and I go because the football team only makes only was a lot of money, two hundred million a year. No, no, your your interest rate's going to be three hundred. What, what, you're a million in a hole before a hundred million in a hole before you even start. Yeah, but you can't think what they. These people got this money; they don't care. Well, those well, people. But you're right. They, they, gonna... But I'm saying they don't. They're right. They're, they're right though. Hell, they don't care. Somebody who has a stack that they had, you know, ten million dollars in it, and now it's worth. Two billion, you they could never make two billion dollars in terms of going to work and whatever. They're like this inflated up here; it becomes total funny money, which is what the Fed has done. You, 
you try and yeah. tell people what the, you ask them what the return is on an investment. They look at you, you got like you got twelve heads. Yeah. They don't know what you're talking about. In, in my day, you know, when interest rates are up, somebody'd say, "Okay, I'm buying that building. Well, what are they? What are they? How much does it cost? What do they return?" Well, yeah, you ask them to change the tire on their car, and they look at you like, "What yeah. are you talking about? There's a tool in the trunk, right?" So, so things have really changed. By the way, did you, uh, did you weenie New Yorkers? Did you uh, digest ten below weather, or you guys got some? Oh no, we got some snow this morning. Uh, the almanac. My wife said, "Hal, you were right. We got snow." And I go, "I'm not right. I just read the almanac, and the almanac said we're going to have snow this year. We have <laughs> snow every year. You and I could do that. We don't even not New York. Not New York. Okay, yeah, some years you don't. But when you get it, you get it, though. Yeah. I remember who was the who was the, the mayor before uh, the real wacky guy, the guy with the beard, where he walked across the Brooklyn Bridge in the blizzard the one time. What was, was his name? Oh, Ber- Bernie something something. What was his? He was a character. Way back. Anyway, that was a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe it was the last time it snowed. <laughs> SP Futures down 21. Nancy Futures down 73. Back tomorrow, Stocks and Jocks. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. CairoMed. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. Dax Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.